Today's episode is brought to you by the support of Ferno Grills. What's up, everybody? I am podcast host and restaurateur Brad Barmore. I have had the opportunity to cook on a lot of things, guys. Kettle grills, offset smokers, pellet grills, open pits, reverse flows, gravity smokers, cabinets, ugly drums. My Ferno is hands down the best grill I have ever cooked on. You know, with gas grills, most folks get caught up in the BTUs, but it's really how well you can control and hold the heat that matters. And Ferno grills happen to be a revolution in gas grilling and the ultimate cooking machine for the backyard cook as they are designed and engineered with firewheel technology for the ultimate in precision heat control. Ferno is the only gas grill with height adjustable burners, custom cast iron grates, and a fully insulated hood so you can sear without burning or cook slow and low to perfection. I've done steaks, burgers, chops, veggies, oysters, salmon, briskets, chicken, pork butts, tri-tips. Yeah, I cooked them all on the Ferno, and it has impressed me every time. Plus, it looks modern and really sleek in the backyard. It is unlike any grill I've seen out there. Project Smoke, Steve Reichlin, Forbes Magazine, AspiringGentleman.com are all raving about what the Ferno Grills are doing to change the grilling game. Check them out on Instagram, at Ferno Grills, or for even more information, including recipes and financing options, head to www.fernogrills.com. I was a terror since the public school era. Bathroom passes, cutting classes, pushing asses. This is Sports Meets Beer Podcast, everybody. I am Brad Barmore. We are not joined today by Mr. Ben Perry. He is at work. His new work schedule is crazy. But uh, if you tuned in last week, we got a great interview. Um, he did a great job with that. And we are... Uh, just plug it on. You can check us out on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, we are a lot more active on Twitter and Instagram than we are on the old Facebook, but it's Sports Meets Beer, M-E-A-T-S, like the protein, Sports Meets Beer. You can also email the show, sportsmeetsbeer at gmail.com. This really kind of started, it was sort of an impromptu conversation, sort of a discussion about, you know, just general what have you's over a pint, and we figured we should probably break out the recording equipment. I am joined by our East Coast football and Yankee correspondent, friend of the pod, Brian Wheatley. What is happening? Wow, thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it. I'll be your uh, sub for the day. Take uh, Ben's spot. <laughs> uh, thank you for taking the time out of peddling San Leandro's finest dales to uh, come and talk about it. So here's the deal, My gang. pleasure, my pleasure. Here's the deal, gang. Major League Baseball has spent the last few weeks barfing all over itself. And Brian and I started the conversation, and I, we, just, I, we needed to get some things off of my chest, and, and what better way to do it than to do it on the microphone. If you've been living under a rock, the Houston Astros were uh, punished on some level, I guess, um, for stealing signs in the 20, what, 2017 17 and 2018 or 2017-2019 World Series, um, well, all, and the Red the, Sox also. The entire season for 2017, and they're talking about the uh, the playoffs for 2019. Right, so it's opened up this enormous can of worms. Manager, The manager of A.J. Hinch was let go. Um, Jeff Luno. Yeah, it's all kinds of guys. And they, 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 Well, no players were suspended, which I think has got a lot of people up in arms. Um, and Major League Baseball players have been very outspoken about what they think on this um the red sox also were sort of caught with sign stealing going on although they have yet to be punished which i think is very strange give me just like sort of a general overview because we're gonna i mean we'll have a full discussion but just give me sort of a general overview on where you stand with all of this um does it bother you i guess is the question this is a much bigger deal than i think some people think um because it's not really relatable to any other sport um 
you know, it's – and <clears throat> I guess I'll jump out of the gates with this point right here where I think that um, this isn't – you know, people are comparing this to the steroid era. They're going, well, you know, every team was doing this. It, no, no, you can't, you can't say that because th- think about the steroid era, right? You had, you had the uh, – the Giambis on the Yankees, but then you had the Jeters. But Jeter would, would never say anything about it, about the steroids when he was asked, because half the players were doing it, half the players weren't doing it, right? So yeah. th- my, my point on this is that no players then would say anything, and you've got, you've got the, the biggest and brightest stars in baseball speaking out about this. They're furious. This is not all teams were doing it. This is a very like small amount of teams were doing it. That's do, why you, you got- do you buy some of the discussion or some of the scuttlebutt that's out there about – um, a memo went out before the 2017 season sort of warning teams about the usage of technology and all that kind of stuff and to cut it out. And part of the reason why they're coming down so hard on Houston and Boston is that they were basically like, fuck you, we're going to do it anyway. Um, that's some of the scuttlebutt that, that I've sort of been reading a little bit that Manfred put a memo out to all 32 teams or all 30 teams. And, you know, one, some teams were just continuing to do it. And I think – you know, in just sort of carrying out the thought exercise here, if that's true, you know, then, yeah, if I'm a player, I'm also mad about this because we were all told to stop. Right. 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 I think that's one of the things about this that makes me, that annoys me. I want to be clear. I'm very angry at Major League Baseball right now in, as a whole. I, yeah, I can as tell. A whole. I can tell. Um, I think that's one of the things that bothers me is baseball's always had a history of being like this, but just sort of the sanctimonious self-righteousness of Everyone in the the purity of baseball and all that other stuff, man. Right. It's a beautiful game, but let's just chill out with the purity. Cheating has been a part of the charm of the game forever. So y- yeah, but not this not this kind of cheating, not no, the steroids kind of cheating. So I agree. Again, going back to the steroid era, I'm not comparing the two, but they just happen to correlate in a couple different ways. Remember, if you remember before steroids were quote unquote illegal in the game, just but, illegal but in the world. Ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bud Selig sent out a memo saying you can't do steroids because it wasn't in any of the rules. He couldn't get it past the players' union, which you always say is the strongest union in the, in the country. I don't, how, I don't know how you can argue otherwise. And guess so, what's about to happen? There's well, so, going to be a labor stoppage because they, so, they have all the ammo they need now. No, there's not going to be a labor stoppage, dude. I, I would I would bet seriously against it. But my, my point is on the on the steroids thing. So he sent out a memo that said you're not allowed to do steroids. All the players said f you. We don't give a shit. We're going to do our steroids. You can't stop us, right? But this time. Rob Manfred sent out a memo that said, do not do this or else dot, dot, dot. I mean, there was a dot, dot, dot there. Do not do this or else there will be significant punishments. And, and, and it came, I mean, when he laid the hammer down, now as, as we'll get into why you're angry with uh, Manfred and, and there's certainly reasons to be. I was actually incredibly happy with the way he he punished the Astros. It's and let's not, not forget, it's not the punishment that well, I'm annoyed with. It's well, the and, aftermath. And let's not. Oh yes, I know, I know. But let's not forget the Red Sox are next. Okay, well, like, that's coming, which it's, makes it's, you so happy. It, yes, it does. It, I'm going <laughs> to enjoy. Every, I'm going to enjoy that. Well, I mean, I hate the Red Sox, and you know, on a special level. And then, I, but I right. hate the Astros. Uh, they're smug and they're arrogant. And it turns out they didn't really have a reason to be because they were a bunch of cheaters who couldn't really get it done, anyways. But, anyways, they won Game Seven on the road. Let's just. Cut it out, and they won Game Two on the road. So let's just—I'm talking about the Yankees. They, they, oh yeah, they, Yankee, they, okay. So yeah, so they, I want to get into that too. Because I'll just say this: they—they they heard the—they were flat out. You could see it in their eyes. They were scared in Yankee Stadium, and they admitted it after. They were like, "We had to get the hell out of there because we—we we were just getting our faces yeah, this, kicked in." And the stadium was rocking, dude. I, it yeah, was, they, it was the rocking Yankees, like '96, '98. In my mind, the Yankees are the only team that can have like a legitimate argument. They play in a different division than Houston, and they won all their games at home. Yeah. I refuse to abide. Oakland fans and Dodger fans of the, you know, 
well, if they weren't cheating, we would have won that series. You lost game two at home. You lost game seven at home. Your best hitter is Bellinger. He struck out 26 times in the World Series. Yeah. And if you're Oakland, you didn't win enough games in the, against other teams in the regular season to make an impact in the division. And I understand, like, yes, they got an unfair advantage, and all those things are true, right? All those things are true. But they are not directly related and correlated over the, in the bigger picture on some of these things. Sure. The only one that I think has a legitimate argument is the Yankees because if it's about stealing signs and gaining an edge and that's they're doing it mostly at home, the Yankees won all their games at home. Yeah, they smoked they, them at home. I yeah, mean, they smoked them at and home. And they played a different division, so they had an opportunity they had an opportunity to win without having to really I don't know what they did against them in the regular season, but they had an opportunity to do things outside and they didn't face them enough to really be able to say that they gained an edge on the year. Right. You know what I mean? So like yeah, yeah. they go into this this series in a vacuum really and you know they're able, excuse me they go into this series in a vacuum really and it really is the vacuum because what I mean what did they end up they played eight times over the course of the season not even probably six right? uh, so I think it's seven because they do they do three and four right and so it rotates yearly. you know so they played seven times over the course of the year right and I don't even I don't know what the record was I don't know how all that stuff works out I, I mean, and they didn't but they didn't face each remember. other 19 times yeah right so I don't know I, I my you know, in terms of like sort of the impact of or, or sort of the attitude, I guess I would say, of some of the players that are out there, to me it comes across as pouty. Like when my daughter gets something at the house, she's eight, that my son didn't get when he was eight. He like immediately starts crying about how it's not fair and she shouldn't get away with that. And it's the same. It's To me, it sounds, it sounds the same in a lot of ways. I understand the point you're making. It is cheating on a whole other level. Right. But, you know, it's like it's just one of those things Like you had opportunities to win these games. And yes, they had an edge there, but you also squandered away opportunities. Well, game seven at home. Yeah, I know. I, I get that. But I mean, uh, and, and the counter argument to that, not that I, I disagree with you, but I think there is a counter argument to be made in the sense that if you look back at I think it was game five. Oh, yeah, they smoked. Uh, well, it was going back and forth, back and forth. And, and the Dodgers, you know, Dodgers take the lead and the Astros would take the lead. And it was again, it was almost like the Astros knew what was coming. It's, you know, but that was one game. I'm just saying like that could have been the turning point for the series. Sure. Um, you and, know, you know, the thing is like. I think game five was. The it might have been game four, but I, it was that crazy game, and it was literally like a fifteen to thirteen something. It along was those g- lines. game four was Darvish. Game five was Kershaw, I believe. Then it was game five. It's game five. Yeah. And here's the thing: I would say, what's Kershaw's postseason record been? What is his like postseason history? Has been? been nails, dude. Oh, stop <laughs> it! His ERA. So there's a stat: his ERA in the postseason after the seventh inning is over twelve. Like that, if you th- like, is that as clutch as it gets or what? <laughs> like, well, 12, and, dude, you know, I, that's there's crazy Dodger fans who that is bananas. Dodger fans who may or may not listen to this will go immediately to, well, Dave Roberts left him in too long, or um, and there's some there's there, there is some argument to be made in that ten years ago, yeah, you know, like seven seven six seven years ago when they did when they had a horrible bullpen. But at this point, the guy's track record is what it is. So you, okay, then get him out in the fifth. Let's just call him CC Sabathia at this point. You're into the fifth, and then you're gone. Yeah, and it, I mean, I. I understand it. the debate, right? Like they, you have to get him in the game 
or keep him in the game because for years and years they had so much trouble get going from a guy like Kershaw to go, to getting to Jansen. Yeah. So your your chance your you like your chances better with Kershaw in the seventh than like Joe Kelly or whomever yeah. Yeah. you know. And so I, I understand some of the logic behind it, but also like he's had some lights out performances, and then he's also had some ones where he went out and gagged in the third inning. Like for sure, you know, it's no, just, he's a he's a, ba- he's a bad postseason pitcher. There's just no way around it. Yeah, so he's, def- he's had some bad moments you, for sure. So again, like he goes into Game Five of that series. And he gives up, what, seven runs and three and a third or whatever. This, I mean, I'm not going to fact check it. It's not a good stat line. Yeah. And so, like, it doesn't feel out of place, right? So it's not suddenly he, like, became lights out in the postseason, right? And then because of that, the Astros were able to – or despite that, the Astros were able to get him because of the cheating. It's like it's, it's on brand for him in the postseason. But I don't want to get into this whole thing about, like, 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 you know, the fans that feel like they deserve the title despite all this, like – you're never going to convince them otherwise, ever. You're just not. I, well, I, I think it's a, I, I think it's a bad argument to say like for sure we would have won the World Series. That's our title. They stole it from us. Um, how about how about Washington? Washington won a World Series against the, the Stein stealing, <laughs> Houston Astros. Am I wrong? That is true. That is very true. <laughs> Stop it. That is without uh, Bryce Harper, by the way, which is hilarious. Well, we talked about that in the uh, the preseason when I said that I thought the Nationals, they, while they lost Harper, they they were deeper, and you agreed. Oh so, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's. Uh, um. So here's where I get really angry with baseball now. You know they, um, you know, there's all this talk about they got to suspend players, they got to suspend players, they got to suspend players. Well, it's in the CBA that sign stealing is not a suspendable offense. It's in the collective bargaining agreement. And that's why Tony Clark has come across as kind of an idiot in some of this stuff. Like some of his sort of press conferences and whatnot have felt flimsy and wishy-washy and sort of blaming Manfred for not coming to him and asking about immunity because they didn't need it. It's in the CBA. It's not a suspendable offense, right? And so they're the strongest union in baseball. And now you have dissension amongst the ranks in the union because a bunch of guys feel like that should be bypassed. But you can't, if you're the union, you can't give in on stuff like that. Because you're giving up some of the upper hand in any of these negotiations. So really, Manfred comes out of the decision to not suspend the players in creating dissension amongst the union. He comes out a winner and then immediately turns around and tells the country before he's about to go into a labor negotiation and a TV deal negotiation that the tro- that the World Series trophy is really just a hunk of metal and yeah, taking it was, away. Really taking bad. it away would be a futile exercise. It was really bad. What? I mean, hey guys, what? listen. What's the I know some of you are upset, but this whole thing doesn't mean anything. It's a, it's a hunk of metal. I love what John Lester said. Then take your name off of it if it's not that important to you. I mean, us as baseball fans, what's the one thing that we live for, right? The one thing we live for as baseball fans is that fucking trophy. You know what I mean? And when you yeah, get one, and when, I mean, when you as a Giants fan, when you walk into, you know, uh, what is it now, Oracle Park, yeah. and you see those three trophies, like, it's I'm awesome. sure you get goosebumps every single time. It, can, yeah. it never gets old. Well, and as a Yankee sold. fan, it takes you 15 minutes to walk by all those trophies, <laughs> so the goosebumps are only short, very short-lived. I went, I went to the Hall of Fame in uh, in 2007, and they had the actual 96 World Series trophy, and, like, I must have gotten 50 pictures of it, like, 30 of them with me, like, in the picture. Like, I was so <laughs> stoked to see it. I was like, oh, my God, it's not just, just a hunk of metal. It's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the hunk of metal, like, the hunk of metal in the world. Yeah. Um, so that was a – and he came back and he apologized for it, and he, and, and he should have, which, well, you just, know. You know, his response to that thing is lame, you know – Jim Crane coming out and and doing oh, the doing I've, the it didn't affect the I've game. Got enough. I've, oh my god! And then and then so he says it didn't give us a, a competitive advantage. And then five minutes later he like he just said no. I didn't say that. No, no. You, like that's you, not what I said. Yeah, that's not what, what I said. You know, you just what said it, dude. <laughs> 
qualified I, for presidency, I, I, though. I can tell you that. I have uh, I have so much to say about their apology, uh, so we can get to that. Let me just to touch on uh, what you were saying before, though, as far as Manfred and the, the suspensions. <clears throat> that's that's kind of how it works, even in the real world, right? It's like if you if you need information, and you have the people that can give it to you, you have no leverage other than to give them immunity, because they're not the ones you're a- that you're after. You're after like the organization. You're after the culture. So to get them to talk, you have to tell them. If you tell me everything I need to know right now, then nothing's going to happen to you. Otherwise, they're just going to tiptoe around. They're going to bullshit you, and they're going to lie. Which is sad. And for it's the not player. a court. It's not a court of law, right? So they can lie all they want. It's you know what I mean. It's not like yeah. do you swear to tell the truth. Fuck you. I, I, no, I'll tell you what, what I want to tell you. Okay, if I promise you immunity, will you tell me everything? Yes. If you promise, I can't get in any trouble. So I, I understand. Well, he had to do that. Well, but see, here's the thing. I don't think he had to promise them. It's a non. It's not a punishable offense against the CBA. Well, then, then there it's would a have been a huge grievance. It's a moot point because even if he doesn't, then 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 he totally okie doked them and got them to tell him what he wanted to hear. Totally. Yeah. No, that's what I, that's the point that I'm kind of making here. So he comes out of this initially with the upper hand. Yeah. Because of the way that he. Handled handled it and also like you know I, I also love the idea that like the players had to come clean for their quote legacy because you know they came clean it's the equi- i heard it on a uh, talking baseball podcast where he goes yeah that's like when a criminal says oh that yeah that bank you caught me stealing i totally did that one but i didn't do anymore yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah um <laughs> so yeah he comes out of the initial sort of handling of the situation and the initial punishment i think with the upper hand generally speaking i was impressed and, and happy with the way that he handled it. It's been sort of this, you know, sort of aftermath of Jim Crane being a scumbag. You know, the Astros coming out and their apologies are weak. And, you know, uh, was it Correa? I'm trying to remember, was it Correa? I don't think it was Correa. But he came out and they were like, you know, well, don't you think it made a difference in the game? He's like, I do think it made a difference in the game, but... Or he goes, I don't think it made that big of a difference in the game because here are all the things that the Dodgers did that have nothing to do with Stein stealing. And all you can think of is, hey, man, uh, I believe it's Shakespeare that said, uh, methinks thou dost protest too much. <laughs> like, just chill out, dude. You're being awfully specific. Like, okay. you've built this case in court. So just stop it. I've got, well, let me just touch on Correa real quick because I think he's the biggest piece of shit in all this, dude. He was so smug a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, with the, uh, and you want to know why we didn't tear Altuve's jersey? I'm going to tell you why. Like, you know, he, and then he, uh, this whole thing, uh, talking about Bellinger, maybe he's bad at reading comprehension. Uh, we didn't use the video in the playoffs. Uh, you know, if you don't have the facts, then shut the fuck up. But then the commissioner literally comes out like two days later and goes, uh, no, no, you guys did use it in the playoffs. Or they, they did use it in the playoffs. Oh, how do you know that? Because players told me that. So Correa's just a flat-out fucking liar, dude. He's, yeah. just a, he's just a liar, and he's also he's a smug asshole. You know, like, he, he sh- him and the Astros completely have shown zero contrition. They, they've pretended to give you like some well, well, well let me ask you this let me ask you this um why would you you got your world series money mm-hmm. you got your world series ring yeah you got another you got another cut for being in the world series yep two out of three years yep they can't suspend you mm-hmm. so why, why do you have any reason to like apologize you got all yours and everybody knows that it's going to be bogus anyway well i mean don't you think that saving a little bit of face like if you come out and you say you know what i, I screwed up you know, because they always like, say in sports, like, we're a very forgiving nation. You know, when people screw up, we, we do tend to forgive them after a little while. So it's like they're only making it worse for themselves because the that more, I totally agree with. The, the more that they just like act like it didn't help them, if it didn't help them, why'd they do it? Well, I like, want to be clear. I'm not saying that they shouldn't apologize. I'm just saying, like, I don't. Why would they? And I'm I understand. I understand. I, I think that the, re, the, you know, the reason that they should apologize is for saving face with their fellow ballplayers that, 
you know, those dudes are hated. And, and and Rob Manfred's like in an awkward position where like dudes want to dot those guys like all season long. You know what so I mean? So stupid. And and that's the sh- that's the another shitty part is that if the old white per- the old white guy unwritten rules. That's another thing. Like I know that that's coming. And well, maybe maybe my having know, Bregman and Altuve on my fantasy team probably has something to do with my anger over this. But generally speaking, it's like, man, you're gonna put you're gonna freaking put it in somebody's ear hole over this. Like, yeah, like it's a World Series trophy, and you've given your like career to earning one of those things. But like, but like you're also put you're also putting somebody's in many ways life on the line when you sure. you know because I've seen how much. It, Everybody overthrows now to try and maximize movement. The control in the league isn't great. It's a walk or a home run every single – or a walk or a strikeout every single time, it feels like. Like, I can't remember the manager that said it uh, a couple years ago. He's doing an interview. It was a pretty funny line, and it was really true, where uh, the the dude interviewing him said, you know, why do you think it's bad to intentionally try and, you know, bean somebody? And he goes, because pitchers aren't really good at beaning people. Like – that's true. They, they, they want to dot him in the ass, but they hit him in the back, or they want to hit him in the back and throw towards their head. You know, I don't think most of these dudes, if they do throw at somebody's head, they're intentionally trying to throw it at their head. They're probably trying to throw it at their ass, but they just don't have that control, or, or they're trying to throw it so hard. Um, yeah, I, I think... I, I, you're, you're, where you're talking about you're angry that uh, the players are going to get dotted, I, I agree with you. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm typically the, the traditionalist in, in some senses, the bat flip. The, you know, you should get dotted for doing things, whatever. <laughs> I, th- I don't remember if we said it on the show, but I well think we were just having a debate. I think um, I think I really fired Joe because I said, well, you don't like the bat flip because you're racist. <laughs> and no, you said like, my, lost your my mind. My hatred for the bat flip is universal. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with skin color, creed, anything. Uh, okay? I know, it cracked me up. Uh, that, was, that was funny. But, but, um, so I, I, well, the, the irony, real quick, the irony of that is if somebody gets beamed, they're going to get suspended for it, which just means they're going to get suspended for more games than anybody that was in the whole cheating scandal, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, so. but I, in my mind, I think baseball has to do that because you can't forsake your responsibility for player safety that you've taken on. Whether or not the league, whether or not you feel like the league needs to be better about that kind of stuff, we're, we're talking about the NFL or, or NBA or, or Major League Baseball, you know, if you feel like the league needs to take some responsibility or not, they have taken more responsibilities. You can't just completely renege on something like that and go, well, we can't control this. You know, you can't, like, give up on those rules just to be like, well, yeah, Because guess what? Major League Baseball washed their hands of the steroid thing and made the writers deal with it. Yeah. Right? And they're still doing it with the Hall of Fame candidacies. So... Now you can't do it and go, well, we'll let the players handle this. Are you crazy? Oh, yeah, it'll be the Wild West. No, Are you crazy? No, you can't do that either because you're completely reneging on this promise you've made to the players' union that you'll look out for player safety. It's crazy. No, I, I, I agree 100%. You know, it's, uh, but then that's, that's the fine line, too, is if Altuve's up to bat or Bregman's up to bat and they get bean on the first pitch, does the umpire – like the, the, they're kind of even it up to the umpire. It's, it's sort of his discretion now. Yeah. He's got to be like, if it was intentional or wasn't intentional – What's what's the situation? It's tough for them no matter what because even in – I mean, we don't – I don't want to get into a whole thing about digital umpires or anything like that, but it's tough for them just in general because you have to read the context of the game, right? What did this guy do in his last at bat? You know, and sometimes, like, if you're really an umpire, like, it it shouldn't matter 
like who's up and whatever. Like it does, you're just calling balls and strikes. Right. Like you, you're, it's not your job to read the situation of the game. Yeah. You're, it's just to enforce the rules and make the calls. So now there's pressure on you to read the situation and recognize the context of somebody getting hit, right? Well, I, I, I think that it's always sort of up to the umpire. I, I, I kind of disagree a little bit where it's, he has to sort of read the situation so he can hand out warnings or he, you know what I mean? Because if it is intentional, it's it's his discretion. That's on. my point is that in normal opera, like in oh, normal yeah, yeah, okay. umpiring of a baseball game, like yes. it just, like you don't have to read the context of a game to say a ball hit the chocolate line or not fair or foul it's either strike three or it's not it doesn't matter the context well there's two runners on so i'm gonna let that one go that's that's not supposed to happen right we could argue about whether or not it does but that's not what's happening right it's only in the situation where somebody's getting hit where now they have to read the context of the game yes altuve takes one off of his armpit the first pitch of a game and he's leading off in like you know like of course you got to immediately give a warning but like if there's runners on second and third in the eighth inning of, of a baseball course, yeah, game well, and he takes one off the butt cheek in, like you're in, not you're not going to yeah. issue a warning there yeah well there there's sometimes when umpires uh, toss a pitcher for beating somebody in in situations where i'm like what what the hell are, what are you what like what are you what are you doing that for uh, you yeah know, you know like like you said you got runners on first and third and, you know, and the cleanup hitter's coming up next, and he and he dots some dude, and, and he gets tossed because there was a bean ball in the fourth inning on the other side. You know, and yeah. you're like, wait, a, wow, dude, that's yeah. a stretch. That's, and a, it's, that's a country Joe West move right there. Oh, country Joe West. <laughs> is it country or cowboy? I think it's cowboy Joe West. Uh, is it? I thought it was country. Either, Either way, way, he sucks. I hate that guy. <laughs> He's the Joey Crawford of the Major League Baseball. He has his own website, which uh, which says everything you need to know. Oh, really? Yeah. What does it say? It's like some like apparel. He he sells like. Cowboy or Country Joe West like clothing and I'm stuff. getting some. Yeah, I'm getting some that right now. <laughs> oh my god, that uh, is tremendous. Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, you know, just sort of carrying through the my theme of baseball or being angry at baseball, it's everything that's gone on between Manfred and Kramer is scummy. The Astros don't know to shut the fuck up. That's yep. Major League Baseball players are out there. Like I give Mike Trout a ton of credit. Mike Trout said. Mike Trout said, yeah, I lost a lot of respect for those guys, but I lost a lot of respect for those guys. I'd love to know what's coming all the time, but it is what it is. Ready for the season, whatever. Just kind of made, like, quick comments. You got, yeah. you know, Justin Turner and freaking uh, uh, Giancarlo Stanton and these guys out here, like, just super blowhard. Stanton well, said, I'd hit 80 home runs in a season if I knew what was coming. Not if you got 59 at-bats, asshole. Well, he, no, he said, <laughs> that, he said that season because he hit 59 home runs that season. He said, if I had – Known every pitch that was coming in that season, I would have hit 80 home oh, runs. Oh, is that is that it right? Was, he referenced that season specifically. That season specifically. Oh, because yes. all, yeah, all the quotes that I read, all the quotes that I read were very were much more general. Yeah, no, no, no. It was it was specific to that season, which he well, probably. Damn it! Now the punchline of my favorite joke to some of these guys is completely shot. Thanks a lot, jerk. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it! But I, you know, like some of these guys, like again, like the Turners and, and Bellingers and the the the. Uh, Trevor Bowers of the world and the Clevengers of the world. It's like yeah, Clevenger needs to shut up and Bowers a blowhard. Uh, he's 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 the Kurt Schilling of a new generation. That's fair. That's actually a good call. So I just like just I, stop it. Che- and here's the thing: I recognize that case by case, action by action, not all cheating is created equal. Of course, right? yeah. I realize that that's true. However. When Roger McDowell or Jack McDowell comes out and says, "We used to do this in the '70s on the with the White Sox. Me and Larusa used to set the camera up ourselves." Like yeah. this has been going on okay. forever. Okay. Hold on, let me let me because I actually I had a, I had a, um, on social media I had a comment about that. I'm like, <clears throat> like literally cool, Jack. Like you guys used TVs in the like late '70s and the '80s. Like 
the pixelation on those screens must have been dope, dude, compared to the fucking 4K that we have now. I understand. Give me a goddamn break. Like, dude, that like that dude's just looking for attention. Like, shut up. That is, like, we're talking 4K TVs in the moment you're watching. Like, it's, it's oh my God, it's but so see, here's different. The, here's dude. the thing, though. You, you it can't, was such a bad take by you, him. It isn't, because you can't convict, you can't convict based solely on intent or motive the simple fact of the matter is, is they were using video cameras to try and gain an edge. It's not their fault that but, the technology isn't there. But they were looking at, they were looking at after the at bat. The Astros were looking during the at bat, like they didn't have the technology back then to be watching the TV screens as the and, and also have the you know the 4K TVs where you could see the actual sign that the catcher was laying down. Like that's some new. Let's see. Here's the thing. He came out. He didn't go into real specifics. I, I think you know it's conjecture to say that at this point, right? Because it's not allowed either way. You know, and so, I mean, he said it's specifically for sign stealing, right? So what's the, I mean, here's the thing, like motive and intent. And obviously it's not, those are the two things that you have to compare here because like, it's again, it's not the seven, 1970s fault that they don't have the technology that the 20 teens had, you know what I mean? And so like, right. it's still, it's still not honest. No, 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 no. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that it wasn't honest. I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, it was incredibly dishonest, but I'm saying that it didn't, it wasn't the same thing that we're dealing with right now where they're literally during the at bat seeing the catcher lay down the sign inside off speed boom boom now the dude knows exactly where, like what speed it's coming because in time they can tell you what's coming like they didn't have they just didn't pretty, have that it's pretty intricate the whole system with the it garbage was, can banging yeah, and all that yeah, crap. It, dude you got to give it, them a little it, bit of credit for it, like just <laughs> really tightening this drum up the, dude you know they were showing on uh, MLB network um, they were showing on uh, MLB network Uh, they were shown on MLB Network uh, in the uh, AJ Hinch interview with uh, Tom Verducci, where oh, Verducci was God. showing him like the actual moments where it was going on, and like uh, I can't remember the picture from the White Sox. The kid, he's not in baseball anymore. Maybe this is why. But he, uh, like, he called the catcher up because he could hear the banging, boom, boom. So he was calling the catcher up, like. Specific, you could hear the boom boom in the like on the yeah. clip. It was so ridiculous. I'm like, this yeah. is fucking crazy, dude. It, it's it's bananas. Yeah, I hear. Well, so dude, that interview that interview pissed me off too because Hinch was non-committal for the most part. Didn't really deny, but also like didn't really ex- like didn't really accept. It was very non-committal. But damn, Verducci's a smarmy bastard. Like the whole thing just came off like it may as well have been Barbara Walters with the softened glow. Like it's like Bob Costas light. Who I like Bob Costas, I love right? Bob Costas. Like, just, I can't he's, stand Verducci. He's also he's, he's also like the prick. purest traditionalist, all that stuff. Yeah. But Verducci is like, oh God, you were such a slime bag, dude. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't stand that interview. I could watch ten minutes of it, and that was about the extent. I uh I, I watched it uh, a couple of times actually. And um I, I, you know, I, I God, I'm going to sound like an asshole right now. I kind of felt bad for Hinch because, in a sense, he he did smash the TV a couple of different times. But the players are going to do what you tell them to do. So if he goes and he says, enough of this, it's done, it's over, we're not doing this anymore, then they probably would have stopped, you know. But he did not want them to do it, and I think he's the fall guy, uh, which is unfortunate for him. But I'm making a bold prediction right now. He's going to manage the White Sox next year. That's my Ooh, prediction. I like it. I'm all in. It's either him. It's either him or Bochi. Bochi's going to get another job next yeah, year. Also. I think Hinch is young enough, and, and the White Sox are up and coming. They're going to be good this year. They're going to be great next year. Yeah, that's my that's my prediction. I'm on he's, board. He's going to get good. a second shot. I think he I, should get a second shot. Uh, apparently, I don't know much about uh, Jeff Luno, but apparently, he's like incredibly unliked in the baseball community. So it doesn't sound like he's going to get another job. Which really, is, you know, which is really fine with me. Because interesting. Yeah. 
Um, but that was a separate tangent. Do you Sorry. on any level, despite like, so, so I want to draw a little bit of a comparison here. You know, you, you just, you made a point of eight. You felt bad a little bit for AJ Hinch. Um, you know, he made this decision to allow it. He enabled it, right? Whether or not he ordered it or not is up for debate, but he enabled it, which makes you just as guilty, right? Aiding and abetting a known criminal. Yep. So, you know, he made this decision to handle it like this, and then now he's taking the fall for, you know, for the team in a lot of ways, right? He and the GM. Now, you know, in some ways, Manfred is out there. He made the decision to do the punishment. A lot of people feel like it wasn't enough. And now he's out here answering for the owners in a lot of ways and taking the fall for allowing it to happen for so long. You know, do you feel for Rob Manfred at all in this situation? Um, I, I, I do, actually. I think that uh, Rob Manfred, like, you know, this is his first real controversy that he's had to deal with. And he's handled everything. Um, he's got some kooky ideas. Uh, like, these are separate issues. He's got kooky ideas. But for the most part, I, I really respect him as the commissioner. I circle back to that here in a second. Yeah. Um, but I think on the fly, like, he handled – so he, okay, he, like, he handled it two different ways. Originally, he handled it where I was like, this dude's a boss. Like, way to go. I'm like, Yeah, I agree. Really, like, pr- like proud of him as a commissioner of the you know my favorite sport. I was, was really happy. And then um, – so he handled it great initially. But I think he didn't think that there was going to be more brushback. I think, honestly, he probably felt like, okay, this will sort of go away f- because I, I laid the hammer down. Everyone's going to be happy with me. Everyone's going to be happy with the punishment. And also, we got the Red Sox coming, so everything's going to be okay. But then everybody in the baseball community and fans were like, well, no, 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 we need more. You can't just – and so then I think, I think he wasn't prepared for that, and he – sort of been handling on the fly that's my opinion so i I, I feel i feel bad for him that he's had to deal with this because he tried to squash it in 2017 and he said i'm gonna lay the hammer down don't do this anymore or else yeah so he did his due diligence right he can't walk through every clubhouse every day and he can't like have secret agents walking through clubhouses to making sure the shit isn't going on don't you think uh, i mean he's essentially working and answering for the owners right so and i'm sure he's had conversations with at least some kind of committee or task force from ownership to come up with this decision, it's not. It doesn't end with him. The buck stops even higher than him. So, I, if Major League Baseball as a whole, if ownership, if the owners of all these franchises as a whole wanted to come down harder, I believe that they would have. Like, the, well, how much harder do you come down? Uh, so, yeah, any commissioner of any league works for the owners. He is the direct employee of all the owners. I mean, the only thing league. you could do is strip the titles, right? It, but that you know, this isn't the NCAA. Even as a Yankee fan, I, you can't you can't strip the title. You just can't. I mean, what, are you going to leave it vacant? Are you going to have the Yankees and Dodgers play a seven game World Series right now in spring training? <laughs> you know, bring back yeah. Didi. Uh, you know, it's just it's ridiculous. So you just you know, we will forever know that the asterisks have an asterisk because it's fake. It's phony. It's not a real World Series, and we right. have to make fun of all Astros fans for the rest of our lives because they have one title and it's not legit. Right. So that's that's their that's the punishment they have to deal what with. What if they go out and win the title this year? And that's not happening. But if they did, then I would just saying, what if? What if they I'd go? I'd become out of- a big fucking hockey fan. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about bad commissioners, you know. And the, so here's the thing. So I agree with you. I think Manfred came out and did a lot of good things initially, and then it was almost like he came up with a really good plan with owners. He built the case over the course of a year, right? Like had all this stuff, and then then also came out of the courtroom that he just won in and wasn't able to deal with the media scrum that's a, that's and, a good analogy and didn't have like the earpiece of somebody yeah you know the newman speaking into kramer's ear at the library yeah. right <laughs> you know it nice d- didn't, didn't have didn't have that and he didn't know how to handle it properly and then completely just barfed on himself with some of these responses dude and so like even if 
I think that's that's the reason why I feel bad for him is because I don't think that he was ultimately prepared for what was coming next. Some of that falls on the owners. Some of it doesn't. I don't know. I, I think, but here's the other thing too. Like, I don't. I want at this point. I want them to strip the title. Just strip the title. That's that's what so many people are calling for. But you know, uh, then also that won't be good enough, right? Where does it end? Where does it end? Right, because you know the only reason why. Well, I mean, we we can go in like fans want more because then it validates their own team, right? It right. makes Dodger fans feel better about them not being able to close in October. It makes you know it makes Yankee fans feel better about losing a freaking great. I mean, it was a great series, it's right? A great series. You know, yeah. it makes them feel better about that. It makes A's fans feel better about continually losing the division because you have six weeks of bad baseball every single year, like, and then you yeah. get crazy hot. Like, it makes everybody feel better about what their team has done, and yet. Like they, they if the if the shoe was on the other foot, if you as a Dodger fan were an Astros fan, you would see, like you would go. I think that's enough punishment, or I think they come they came down too hard. Everyone's doing it. Like it's one of those things. Like the fanaticism of baseball, you know, followers like gets in the way of what is like what is a real rational decision here. So if you strip all those things away and the quote unquote like sanctimonious period of baseball and all that kind of stuff. Like, strip all of that stuff away. Does stripping a title here, forget about, I mean, forget about, like, the precedent and, like, you know, having an empty year. Like, what, who cares? There was an empty year when they were on strike. Like, you know, like, like is, is that a fair thing here? Or should there just been more fines on the players? Well, it sort of sets precedent at that point, right? Because if, ta- if you strip a title, then what's not to strip, do you go back to, <clears throat> the late 90s and strip the Yankees of their titles because of steroids you know like I'm not saying you should because mm. because here's the here's Astro fan argument to Yankee fans and I've seen it on social media well how about 96 98 99 2000 with all the the steroid users on the Yankees want to strip yeah, those the titles a- the, and a's I'm like, got, the A's got their own movie because and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like bro surprised. did you forget about Jeff Bagwell and Kim Cam- Ken Caminetti and the rest of the cheaters on the Astros it, 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 that's my point is in the steroid era, literally every team was doing it. Literally sure. every team was doing it. But in this instance, there were two teams doing it. Yeah. And if there were, if there were more two, than two teams doing it, then players would shut their mouths and they wouldn't be saying what they're saying. That's why everybody feels so good to come out, like Aaron Judge coming out and saying that the title's meaningless. Well, if, if Aaron Judge was worried about the Yankees doing the same thing, then he wouldn't say anything. That's how, how sure I am that the Yankees didn't do it, just like I'm sure the Angels weren't doing it because Mike Trout said so. In you know. the one season, probably, right? I'm, I'm positive that that memo came out, and that memo doesn't come out unless there's, like, a rampant problem or a rampant deal with that in the league. Maybe, but you know I, don't know I don't know that 30 teams were doing it like 30 teams were doing steroids. Yeah, it's probably fair. That's probably fair. You but let's just mean? say it's 20 out of 30 teams, right? Okay. Let's say it's 20 out of 30 teams. And you get told to stop doing something that's giving you a competitive advantage. Right. And then this is the analogy I was making with my kids, right? You get told to stop doing something that's giving you a competitive advantage. And then you find out that other people were getting away with it. Of course you're going to throw a fit about it. Of course you are. Right. And I don't blame them. I'm not saying that they shouldn't no, do it. I'm just saying like, like... Think about it like this, though. If you, if you get a memo from the, the commissioner that says stop doing this or else, I'm really going to put the hammer down. And then... It, Literally, there was only two teams that didn't stop doing it. You know what I mean? And actually, the Red Sox really didn't do it until Alex, cheating ass Alex Cora, got there. His yeah. smug ass too. You know, freaking. <laughs> I try know. to avoid the Red Sox thing because I just can't have your hair catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like the whole culture of the Astros, it's like it just like trickled down. It was it was from Luno to Hinch, which you know Hinch and Luno really didn't have 
uh, uh, you know, a ton to do with it, but it was more it was the players, right? So it was it was Beltron, it was Alex Cora, the the bench coach. He him, they came up with it. Um, so other teams weren't doing it. It all sort of stemmed from the Astros thinking that they could get away with it, right? And you know, it's uh, and again, so like here's the thing, like like it's not. I don't think it's necessarily like I the the in, the motivation from that I get from the players or sort of the perspective I get from the players to me because of the way they seem to be handling it and and. Hiding probably isn't the right word, but sort of doing it under the the banner of the sanctity of baseball and like the we did it the right way and all these other things like to, just don't say that. Like, just come out and say, like, I don't know what was really happening in the league, but I do know that teams were told to stop doing that. And these guys didn't. And I think that's bullshit. Yes. Like, just be honest. Yeah. Like, don't don't hide. Under, we did it the right way. I feel good about it. You feel good about striking, tw- striking out 26 times in a World Series, Cody Bellinger? Really? Well, you that's feel good about from that? A Giants fan, so no, but still, like it's twenty six Ks in a World Series, yeah, no, dude. No, 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 no. that's no, incredible. I, I, I get it. That's why I think you know if he hit three, if he hit three twenty with seven bombs or something crazy in the then World he's Series, he's got an argument. Yeah, you know, like he's got like a real argument. Like it just—it's one of those things. Like it's not that Bellinger's wrong. It's that you're being so sanctimonious and smarmy about it. Yeah, Chill no, no, out. No, no. I, I it just comes across as like a like a tantrum. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, no, that's right. the thing if that you, I don't like would, about yeah. so many of the way that yeah. players. And this is part of my anger with baseball. I don't blame them, but I'm angry that all of this exists. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Like, I'm not saying that they. I'm not saying that they had to have handled it better and they just didn't. They're failing. I just. I wish that they did. I guess you know what I mean. Like, I, I yeah, I, but I also I, I sort of appreciate the outspoken players on this because it, it validates my feelings that there were only a couple of teams doing it at the and, time. And yeah, at the yes, I know you keep circling back to at the time, but yeah, because I know. just don't think that you can make the argument that 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 there's a reason why the memo came out. It wasn't because two teams were doing it. So like, if they were gonna like, they would have just issued a memo to the two teams. Yeah, they're not gonna go league wide. You know what I mean? Well, even even like I think it, you know, remember I think it was I think it was 2016. The Yankees with the Apple Watch and the uh, the Red Sox with the the bullpen phone, or maybe yeah. it's vice versa. Red Sox with the Apple yeah, Watch, yeah, Yankees with right. the bullpen phone. Uh, even, even little things like that. I think it stemmed from that, where you know teams are trying to uh, technologically create a, an advantage, and because the technology now is so much better and different, sure. and we have you know everything's at our fingertips. Um, and it just, it's so, the natural progression of these things, right? So, you're going to an analytics-driven league where you're aggregating all this number, all yeah. these data, everything else. You have all these tools to aggregate the data now. It's just the next evolution of I, this. I just don't know that every team had an elaborate scheme like the, the Astros were rocking. You know, I think every team was probably using some sort of technology to, like, to give themselves an advantage. But this was just so, like, over the... Pale. Well, and it's, like, it's 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 elaborate, and it took place in October. That's why I think it also creates it took place like this. in the regular season. But in, no, in, I know. But the reason why it's so big is because it also took place in October. You know. Like when when managers come out and like sort of go to the umpires, you know, when it's two teams that are going to lose ninety games in the middle of August, and they're complaining about sign stealing. Like nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Like they're like, just chill out, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's like <laughs> you know, nobody cares about this. I think it's because it it existed in October in addition to the regular season well, and all these yeah. other, and the technology side of it, right? And I understand why that upsets people because it, like... It's like the Patriots uh, recording practices. It's, it's, you know, using that... Like, do, you, do, you think that, do you think that the Red Sox, the Red Sox and Patriots share a camera crew? <laughs> <laughs> I think Corey hit up uh, Belichick. was like, do you, you, got any, you got any dudes that you trust? Yeah. These, these are my guys. You're, you're good. Oh, my God. Um, well, uh, just, just to really go, real quick, go back to the... the um, 
abandoning the uh, or taking stripping the Astros of the title. Uh, I think it, if, if you do that, if you strip the Astros of the title, it gives you precedent to strip others. But <clears throat> do you then give it to somebody else? You just leave no. it blank. You just want to leave it blank. Yeah, you leave it blank. You leave it blank because you can't. Again, this goes back to the thing I said in the very beginning. You can't give it to a team whose best player struck out 27 times and they lost two games at home in the series. You can't give it to a team that didn't win enough games against the rest of their division to win a division title. Like, they had an opportunity, what, they played 19 times, right? So they played 143 other games over the course of the season. And, like, I'm talking specifically about Oakland because their fans have been, of course, because we're in the Bay Area, they've been particularly vocal about we could have won the division if they weren't doing that. Like, you had the opportunity to win the division anyway, and you had 143 opportunities to do it, and you didn't do it. Right? Yeah, I also think, like, clearly you can't just – uh, strip the title and gave it to the Dodgers. No. You know, it's just like you, it, it's the reverse of 1919 with the White Sox, and I think it was the Reds. I believe that's right. Yeah, so the Reds. You mean, you mean where the White, Sox, or the, the White Sox were accused of cheating and Shoeless Joe Jackson won't be in the Hall of Fame even though he hit 320 in that World Series? He hit 370 in that Is World that what Series. He hit yeah. It's incredible, dude. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, but they would have they stomped the Reds, right? But they didn't strip the title from the Reds. It's just like I, I feel like you just leave the Astros with the title and we all for the rest of our lives, just that's just that's it's just tainted. It really is. We all just like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, as a Giants fan, other baseball fans, when we see the 73 up there, it's like, I don't really recognize it. I just go, it's, it's whatever. There's just really no home run title anymore because no one's ever going to hit 74. And, you know, so well, it's like, people, I mean, people thought nobody was ever going to hit 61. You know what I mean? And so like it's, and you said it's different because everybody in the league was doing the steroid thing. And so the, the nature of the league is, and at the rate baseballs are leaving the yard in today's game. Like, I don't know how you could really say that if the only, and we'll get into analytics here. And they don't play enough anymore though. They don't play enough anymore. Players. That's, that's what I was exactly yeah, going to okay, say yeah. is you got too many platoons, too many analytics, too many matchup driven in-game adjustments being made. They, yeah. Managers are managing Major League Baseball games like NBA coaches handle playoff games. Well, that's why they, they just changed the IL rules back because, you know, that was the Dodger rule when they changed it to the 10-day and the Dodgers just finagling it because they have such a deep franchise. Just throwing dudes on the 10-day just all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, they didn't. I don't think they had pitchers. anybody outside of Kershaw that throw 200 innings for like the last four seasons. Yeah, there was, there's a, there was a stat that and came that, out. By the way, I don't blame them for doing that. Absolutely, take advantage of your organizational strength. Well, yeah, there was a there was a stat that came out from last season that uh, you know while there was more strikeouts than any other year in the history of baseball, there was less players that struck out two hundred times. It's more like, strike, well, more more strikeouts than hits, even yeah. last year. So it's like, but we have we have uh, the, the least amount of players to ever strike out two hundred times. Well, because nobody plays enough to strike out two hundred times anymore. Yeah, just, how yeah. many pitchers threw for two hundred innings? Yeah. There aren't many. Five. Like, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say five, five or seven, something like that. Yeah, if that. it's not a lot. Yeah. So we won't fact check that. So. <laughs> All right, so so, free to at home. so your feeling your feeling is that you got to leave it because at the end of the day, what is all of this anyway? A record book and a Hall of Fame. It's just all museums, yeah. museums in in you know, like tangible museums or museums in print. And so, what does it really change anything? Right? I understand Dodgers haven't closed in October since 1988. That's nobody else's problem. Like you know, all of those things. I understand we all want a World Series title. Guess what, Dodgers? You'll probably be there again. Your team is awesome. Uh, Bullpen's still suspect, and I don't trust any starter after starter two. But, yes, anyways. But uh, their lineup is so deep. Very deep. And Mookie, B- Mookie Betts is awesome. And, you know, you're so annoyed that I just said that. I could see no, it No, Mookie eyes. Betts is fine. He's great. He's great. He's, top, he's a top five player for sure. Josh Turner has no soul. There's a, or, you know, there's Justin, a lot. Yeah. Justin Turner, sorry. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. So, 
Um, all right, so I, I wanted to run this. I wanted to run this Justin little. Justin Turner looks like Teen Wolf. I threw it out there. There it is. I said it. Oh God, yeah, but he looks like he looks like Convince Teen me Wolf. He looks like Teen Wolf, but Teen Wolf in like purgatory, <laughs> like just with no soul and no no hope. He's for like heaven. halfway between Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf, like as he's progressing to Teen Wolf. That's, right. Yeah. Okay. Right. But he also has been in solitary confinement, so he hasn't seen the sun in forever. Yeah, that too. Um, His wife's really pretty. Is she? That. Oh my. Oh my God. I think they. I think you just say that about most ball players. I would imagine. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So. Let me ask you this. So after this past year, Houston loses the World Series to Washington, right? Um, I celebrated almost like the Yankees had won the World Series. I was watching Game 7. I refused to watch Game 6 because I was convinced that the Astros were going to win, so I just didn't watch it. And then Game 7, I didn't check in until, like, the fifth inning, and I was like, oh, shit, the Astros are going to win. When, they, when, they, when Washington won that game, when Kendrick hit that home run, like, I was – yeah, I was acting like a 10-year-old. It was awesome. Anyways, go on. So – there was some talk about Garrett Cole not wanting to come out on short rest to pitch. There was some scuttlebutt about that because he was up warming up in the bullpen, and there were I, the the official story is that the manager made a decision and not, AJ Hinch made the decision to not bring him in. That's the official story, but there was some scuttlebutt about him not wanting to pitch on short rest going into a going into his free agency. I heard the opposite that he was upset that he didn't get put in the game. Right, but that, I mean, here's the thing. There's a lot of question marks around that, right? Yeah. He goes in, press, post-game press conference, you know. Wearing I'm his no, Boris hat. Wearing his, his Scott Boris hat and also so saying, right. I'm not an Astro, I'm a free agent now, I'm not an Astro anymore. At first, I thought, man, what a putz. Like, this whole thing is kind of weird. Like, either he's mad and throwing a tantrum about not being brought into the game late, right? Or he didn't want to come in and was already checked out. Now... Knowing what we know now, what if it was this like moral compass moment for him where he was like, I refuse to close a World Series out where we've been cheating for on a team that like is blatantly cheating like this? What if there's that aspect to it? Does I mean, would you I don't know Garrett Cole that often. I only know it from the sound bites and from what I read, you know, and he just sounds the, like a terrific human being, just saying. He's just a real swell guy. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, he's looked awesome in spring training. He's looked awesome. That spin rate still looks good, buddy. Yeah. So maybe let's chill out on the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I don't know. Like now, does he maybe get a little bit of a pass for maybe putting up a little bit of a fight and doing his thing where he wasn't like because people gave him credit for or people gave him a lot of shit for immediately changing his hat and not going all the way to his exit interview as a Houston Astro and like some people like that are very sort of pragmatic are like well why he's not under contract anymore what difference does it make that's that was my take you know but but it, it seems shitty though doesn't it that's an incredibly interesting take and I hadn't thought about it and if that is something you know we'll, the world will never know of course not but uh, I had never thought about that and you know from I don't know we really don't know any of these dudes you know what I mean so they can no. be the serial killer next door and, oh I, I just never saw it coming he's such a good guy it's like He's, I mean, that could yeah, be he was, it. Maybe he just like saw that whole thing and was just like, dude, I, I don't want any part of this. Like, that could be the case. Yeah. You know? I just I think about it that often because, you know, just in discussions with a, a number of people, I always just kind of said like something about the way he went out with them didn't sit right. And there's like no stories of him being like a malcontent or a punk in the locker room or anything like that. Yeah. No, he's always been like said to be a, an amazing teammate you know um i don't that's that's awesome that's a that's a really good question i don't know man i just it's just now because like, if you, you've never seen anything like it before where a player no. becomes a free agent the world series just ended team lost usually it's like you're wearing your hat and you're dejected and you're like you know we gave it our best which by the way it looks like they had printed that thing right outside the stadium like they got like a bootlegger to do in the back of his truck it was not a nice looking hat 
Yeah. I, I, I've still been searching the internet. I want to get me. I want to get one of those. Oh God. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I just. I just typically, a, you know, you, you give you, you tow the company line and you say the the the, the catchphrases that you're supposed to. Well, we gave it our best and you know we didn't get it done. But uh, oh, well, how do you feel about being a free agent? Well, you know, me and my agent work with that. I haven't given it a lot of thought yeah, yet. I want to the first thing decompress. I, yeah. Yeah. I haven't even ta- I haven't even thought about it yet. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I don't work for the Houston Astros anymore. <laughs> That's wow. That's a really good. Because the more you like play out the conversation in your head, the more you're like. No, I literally yeah, he, have to go. Was... As soon as this is done, I'm going to go on the internet and watch <laughs> that. I swear to God, because I haven't watched it since it happened. And at the time before he was a Yankee, I was like, well, that. I kind of thought that. I was like, well, it seems like kind of a dick move, for you to just switch your hat and say I don't work for them anymore. Although I hated the Astros, so I thought it was funny and cool. But I was like, this is a dick move. But yeah. Now that I sort of think about it, yeah, I think you might be onto something there. Because Verlander, let's go with Verlander. Verlander clearly had no problem with it. And, uh, and also, he's, like, one of the most outspoken players, but he's had nothing to say since all this came out. Well, you know. Yeah, dude, he's a scratch golfer, and he's banging, you know, Kate Upton, and he, he got his World Series check. He's got so much to say about everything else. I just, you know, it's, um, I don't know. I think he's not going to throw his guys under the bus. I, yeah, but say something. I think he's, he's not going to throw his guys under the bus. Weak. That's fair. That's fair. Like you said, listen, I, I mean, if he came out and said something, you know, to the effect of, like, yeah, you know what, we did this. You know, in retrospect, I wish we hadn't. You know, we are a good team either way. You know, we had a chance to go to the World Series regardless. Because you know, those guys were all top prospects. I mean, I, I'm, are you making – I mean, you. I realize you are not, but can you make the assumption and the assertion that this sign-stealing thing is existing all the way through the minors? Probably not, right? Probably not. Not at this level anyway. No, not, not, not at all. I mean, and so, like, the thing is, so all those guys were top prospects for a reason. Springer, Correa, Altuve, Bregman. The like 20, what was it, the 2014 World Se- or, uh, cover of uh, Sports Illustrated yeah, said you're yeah. 2017. And if, I've read uh, Brian Kenny's book twice, actually, because it's such a good read, uh, Ahead of the Curve. Um, he talks about the, and that was written in 2015, he talks about the Astros, and Bill James and him are at this conference where Bill James said, by 2017, the Astros will be winning, you know, Somebody had said the Astros will be winning 90 games. Everybody in the conference laughed. Brian Kenny said, Bill James, how many games do you think the Astros will be winning by 2017? 100 games a year, every year. Like, that's how highly touted those dudes were when they were yeah. losing 100 games every single season. So Which was like, by design. I mean, it's a great article that they wrote in Sports Illustrated. It's a great, Brian Kenny's book is awesome. I read that too. Yeah, you know, and so they're, it's a, they're a great team. Like, the take that people have started, I've started to see on social media and, hear, and heard here at the bar, which, you know, takes the bar always rock solid um for sure you know the idea of like oh well they're trash they just were good because they cheated it, that's a terrible take that's an awful a terrible take. take they were the, the unfortunate part was that they were so good they could have won it without any of this I mean, right that lineup was stacked the pitching staff was stacked the bullpen yeah. was suspect but uh, you know so was the dodgers so um just figured to throw that out there for you the, i think <laughs> it was that, um, it was but their bullpen was terrible. A, they're, they're, they were a fantastic team that year, and and maybe they would have beat the Yankees. I, I I don't know. I honestly I don't know if they if the Yankees had home field advantage. Um, but they were stacked. They've been stacked. They're still kind of stacked, but they're starting to. Free agency is going to hit them now. Verlander and, and Granke are a year older, so yeah, I think it's, is, it's the end of their run. This is literally their last year of being over five hundred. I'm calling it now because Springer's a free agent. He ain't coming back. Um, Brantley's a free agent. He ain't coming back. Verlander's a free agent. He's going to be 38. So you're stuck with Granke and Lance McCullers as your, as your pitching staff. It's going to be – after this season, it's going to be a long – Pretty wild. It's, it's going to be a, a – And be you're, a and you're in, a, in a state of sort of like front office and organizational upheave now because your GM's gone. 
right? You've got these dudes that were yelling at female reporters and all that. Like, remember, that was all Dude, kinds was of things. Like the, They've had so that, many scummy things happen. That, it's, and it's, I'm mad about that because I genuinely watch. I love watching Altuve. Like, he's, like, stealing bases, doing all the little hustle things. Like, he's such a little guy with an uppercut. Like, and now, like, all of that joy is gone. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's like, yeah. like I'm angry at baseball for all of this. For all, I'm angry at the Astros. I'm angry at, you know, I'm angry, I'm angry at Manfred. I'm angry at Jim Crane. I'm angry at the play, some of the players that I wish, like, are being overly sanctimonious. Right? I keep using that same term. No, right? it's, it's, I'm, it's a I'm, term. I'm annoyed at fans that have terrible takes like that. And, you know. You can never be annoyed at fans with terrible takes because they're uninformed and they think they're the smartest person. Like, they're never informed and never in, like, never in doubt. Right, you know what see, I mean? Here's the thing. As a salesman, you're in and out of restaurants all the time, restaurants yeah, and yeah. bars. As a guy who owns one, I have to pretend that I give a shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, well, oh, okay. are, that's an excellent take. You're right. You're right. As, as, as a salesman walking into a bar hearing the patrons talk, I also have to put a smile on my face and go, yeah, that's not an awful take at all. Yeah. yeah good point. Wow, I never thought about that. Oh, that's really interesting. Have you tried the Drake's 1500? It's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dry hot pail. You should give it a shot. Yeah. Drake's 1500. <laughs> Listen, since you're talking about Kershaw's postseason ERA, let's talk about 1,500. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I just uh, – I don't awesome. really have, like, the real hatred of the Dodgers that, like, a lot of Giants fans do. I don't have a lot of, like, hatred for the A's. Like, I tease them because they're, like, the Bay Area little brother, even though they've been more successful more frequently than the Giants have for the last – Titles win every time. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The, you know, they just – they haven't been able to close – in. it's not even like they've lost in LCS games. They can't close a wild card game, yeah. right? Like, I well, mean, they, it, they wouldn't in the in the two thousands. It was uh, the championship series they couldn't close out. And now it's just the wild cards. Yeah, I but mean, they, 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 they got Verlandered multiple times. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, but just that soulless town of Los Angeles with their freaking like star power humping teardrop tattoo, like <laughs> just everyone wants to come to L.A. Evidently not. No, Everybody wanted, was. Rendon every, wanted no part. Him and his pregnant wife were like, "Oh, we're cool." Like, yeah, we're good. You. Garrett Cole, who's from Southern California, yeah. was like, "I'm gonna go pitch in the pinstripes." Yeah, you yeah. know, like just like just all of that stuff. The Astros deserve to lose the title. Dodger fans deserve nothing. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. I, I, you I, deserve nothing. You lost Game Two and Game Seven at home. Stop it. I agree. I, I, like I said, and, and, and of course, I'm, I'm biased. So am I, I, I obviously. Think, I, think the only, <laughs> I think the only team that really has any gripe is the Yankees. I'm not saying you give the title to the Yankees. You I agree. You don't. You don't. Because, the, yeah, we've, we've gone over earlier in this podcast. I just, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, we're going to disagree on this. I think you leave the title. And we all, for, like I said, for history, for the rest of our lives, we get to make fun of anybody who's an Astros fan because it's their only title and it's the only one they're ever going to have. And it's completely tainted. Well, I want to I be clear before we sort of tie this up, talk a little bit about the upcoming season. I want to tie this up and just clear up sort of what I'm suggesting. I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's the fair. I think you have to leave the title with them. I think you you have to, right? But I can I can make the argument as to why I think it works. But also like, it's me being a baby. If I have to listen to this crap and all of the things that are coming along with it, and know that I can't watch a national broadcast all year without hearing all of this stuff, which the irony of A-Rod having to talk about the cheating is hilarious. Yeah, that is. It's but, golden. But like, I, have to li- I can't watch a national broadcast without hearing about all this crap all year long. Like, my anger and upset about that, I'm just throwing a tantrum. If, now nobody can have it. 
But you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm when you my t- ball and I'm going home. Well, like when you tell your kids, like if anybody touches anybody else in the back seat, we are turning around. And I'm, yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah, all yeah. that old man dad crap. Like that's just kind of the way that I feel about it. Just everybody shut up. Try not to strike out so much, and let me watch the Giants lose 100 games in peace, okay? <laughs> like, does well, that make you feel better, Dodger fans, for all the terrible things I just said about you? The Giants are losing 100 games, and well, they're not far. They're in a, in a rebuild. They, they should have done. They should have done it three years ago. But the Giants will be back in a couple years. They'll be fine. But, they're doing. Uh, they're doing the Astros thing right now. They're not the sign stealing. They're doing the <laughs> Astros yeah. rebuild. They're well, doing the, the Astros, Astros rebuild. rebuild. But they're you know they the, the Giants print money. They're they're you know one of the richest teams in baseball. They're going to be just fine. She's going to have a couple of down years, and it's. This is their own fault for taking on the contracts of Longoria, signing Posey to that contract, Samarja. They get bad luck with Cueto, Brandon Belt, Crawford's contract. It's just they, they just kept trying to, like, throw more money at it to keep the, the magic going, and it, it, was, it just didn't work out. So the, the Giants will be back. Ha- happens all the time, right? It, it the, really the, does. The, Yankee, the Yankees' late 90s run, dude, you were sitting on A-Rods and Teixeira's contract and all those types of things. It just, it's oh, one the, of those well, things. The, 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 the 2000s, the late 2000s. When it, late 2000s. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. No, that's exactly it because 2012, the Yankees lost the ALCS. They got swept by the Tigers. And in 2013, 14, 15, 16, it was just like they were winning 82, 85 games a year, but they were internally, they were rebuilding. They just weren't calling it a rebuild. Right. So, right. Um, and that's a tribute to, or that's a, a, a testament to Cashman and organizational strength, you know? 100%. Because for the longest time, that guy didn't get the credit he deserved for just constantly buying World Series, right. you know, right. championships. And it's just free agents and they just spend all this money. Well, you got it, you can spend it. And yeah. now, who's laughing now? Are they just buying championships? I yeah. mean, they traded for Stanton, fine. And that was they a bad s- move. <laughs> they s- yeah, maybe. And they signed Garrett Cole, okay. Yeah, it's, only a ba- it's only a bad move because he got hurt. Yeah. Like, if he stays healthy and he hits. You know, the 80 home runs he said he would hit. I mean, I know <laughs> yes, what he yes, said. I know what yes, he said. But yes, if he hits 50 bombs for them, then, right? well, yeah, he had, a, he had a great season the first season. You had an MVP so. playing on a league minimum's contract. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, give Cashman a lot of credit for that. Oh, no, no, no. I think, I, yeah, I, I've actually uh, just read the book Inside the Empire, and it really goes into the, the things that he did over the last, or during that run, or the time of 2013 to 2016 to really set up the, what the, I mean, they're, they're stacked for the next five years. Yeah, so, but, they're in good um, shape. I, just to go back to what you were talking about as far as you're annoyed for the rest of the season, you're going to have to hear about it. I think, I think it's going to die off after spring training. Once we get well, let's do, this. let's do this. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll hear from a sponsor. Um, I'll go make a number one. I'll get us another round of beers, and then we'll jump right back in. We'll start talking about the season coming up just sort of, you know, from through the lens of this scandal and, and what we think is going to happen as the season plays out. So we'll be right back. Sports Meets Beer podcast is brought to you by Advanced Auto Glass and Detail. Advanced Auto Glass and Detail is committed to providing you with the highest quality premium glass products and a professional installation by certified technicians. They are experienced in every aspect of glass replacement or repair, offering factory replacement or a premium aftermarket upgrade. They even deal with those annoying windshield rock chips that show up out of nowhere. They offer free local mobile service and offer a full warranty on all workmanship for as long as you own your vehicle. And across the street at Advanced Detail, they specialize in cars, trucks, vans, RVs, boats, show cars, trailers, and more. They are a full-service auto detailing shop, offering exterior wash, polish and wax, interior vacuum, shampoo, trim detail, and even smoke and odor removal. Water spot and scratch removal, paintless dent repair, it's all available at Advanced Auto Glass and Detail. Advanced Auto Glass, look for the purple building at 2460 Santa Rosa Avenue. And right across the street is Advanced Auto Detail at 2549 Santa Rosa Avenue. Advanced Auto Glass, 707-526-5700. Advanced Auto Detail, 707-526-2200. Let Advanced Auto Glass and Detail take care of all of your automotive needs. 
All right, we're back. It was a break that we took that you didn't really. You just heard from one of our illustrious sponsors, which is awesome. Uh, let's talk about the upcoming season now. Like, I, we've already sort of covered. I'm angry. I just want to watch my Giants lose 100 games in peace. What is – give me give me your quick sort of synopsis on, on – I mean, you kind of gave it to us already. A quick synopsis on the Yankees, right? Red Sox are a mess. Trying to get under the, the trying to get under the threshold, you know. Tampa's always kind of lurking as a team that if they got hot, they could be a playoff team. Baltimore's still terrible. Um, will be for a few years to come, which we've been saying for a few years. <laughs> it feels like. Um, is Chris Davis the worst contract in the last twenty years? Twenty Ooh. years. Twenty years is after Kevin Brown, I believe. If you and actually, after Jason Schmidt, I believe. If you actually go back and look at Kevin Brown's contract, it, it wasn't as bad as you think it was because you actually got about four productive years out of it, whereas Chris Davis, you got half of a productive season. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Brown, like the whole war thing, if you look at the – he he actually it, – it, it, it was a bad contract, but it wasn't a terrible contract. Well, it it's – really, It was horrible the last two years. Well, and I also think, like, it was a terrible contract – on when you take into context the inflation of money, right? Sure. When you talk about like the way that payroll structures have yeah, changed, yeah. well, his first was year with so, the Yankees, it was 103 million or something like that. His first they got, year with the Yankees was actually pretty good. It was the postseason; he was terrible. I'm trying to remember, did he sign with the Yankees or did he get traded? Oh, he got traded to the Yankees. from the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, where, and then did he? He was with Florida first. He was with the Marlins was first. With, um, I think the Rangers first, then the Padres, then the Marlins. That is no, 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 no. Tremendous Ran- Kevin Brown knowledge. Rangers. It was Rangers. Uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think he played for Jesus. Rangers, Marlins, then the Padres. Then he signed with the Dodgers, got traded to the Yankees. There That's you. right. Okay. That is and tremendous I don't even, I, I'm knowledge. I'm not even looking at my computer right now. That is <laughs> tremendous knowledge. If anybody, that's a thing I want somebody to fact check because that is just asinine. <laughs> I feel like he's been stealing that sign from somewhere else. <laughs> somebody in the back signaling him how long on Kevin Brown knowledge. So, all right. Okay. So, so, talk to me. Yankees are... 95 to 105 wins, something in that range? Yeah, yeah. I think, okay, so last year I looked at the season and I went, um, I don't see with this squad how they don't win 110 games, and then they had the most injuries in the history of baseball. And that's Incredible. How, and that's how you don't win 110 games. That's how you win 103 games. I think they walk to 100 wins this year. Um, what is your take? I remember you being, like, somewhat hesitant on the uh, Aaron Boone hiring in the very beginning. But your take on him is now what? Obviously, he's, he's awesome. I, I think last a, season was incredible. Yeah, I think he's a bit of I, well, he he was. Listen, I think he's a great manager. I think he's awesome. I think he's too much of a, a little too much of a players manager. I think he coddles these players a little too much. When you're seeing teams in spring training, I know spring training. Don't jump me for this, but you see teams throwing out their their A lineup just to throw it out there. He's throwing out Gleyber Torres, Gary Sanchez, and then everybody else. So it's like he's only playing like two stars a day, and he's giving he gives players way too many days off. I mean, that's the game of baseball these days, but I think he coddles the players a little too much. But so I think is that, has that been his standard operating procedure? It has been since he's since oh, I was going to say, because considering, I mean, you know, not that this isn't a football podcast. Well, <laughs> it is kind of a football podcast. Um, you know, like the 49ers had so many injuries last year, and then they went into training camp, and they gave dudes all – they were very in tune with a new training staff of where everybody was physically yeah, and, and resting and, and things like that. The have a new training – completely new training staff. I feel uh, like you have to. Because yeah. it, oh, yeah, well, it was crazy. They didn't, they didn't start – their opening day lineup until like it was August or something like that. Was it even that early? I feel like it was later than yeah, that. It was, it was something absurd. Like it might have been late August, but maybe maybe incredible. September, but it, incredible. I actually, I think you're right. It might have been September. Yeah, I feel like it was mid-September. They, um, but yeah, they 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 coddle their players quite a bit. But they, you know that could be 
that could be the reason for it. Um, they are dealing with injuries right now with Severino, with James Paxton. Um, but those are injuries that actually occurred last season at the right. end of the season that they're, that they're dealing with now. Because so Paxton just had surgery or something, surgery right? on his back. He'll, Which sucks because he just had it. Yeah, but he'll be back in May. Okay, here's my here's my thing about the Yankees. I hear everybody going, okay, well, they lost Severino, and they lost James Paxton, and Herman's not coming back until but June. But let's be clear. Paxton was mediocre at best until about August. Yeah, and then and he went 10-0 with like a 2-4 ERA lights the rest out. of the way. Yeah. yeah, he was awesome yeah. late in the season. Um, so I think like if you were to pragmatically look at it, they didn't have Severino at all last year, right? So they basically have the same pitching staff, minus Paxton, who will be back in May, right? Yeah. But they added Garrett Cole. Like, they added yeah. Garrett Cole. They added the best pitcher in baseball, right? And also, don't let's not forget that they're also getting Domingo Herman uh, back in June as well, who won 18 games. I'm not a, a guy who likes to live off the win. I think wins are worthless, but he, you know, did have 18 wins, four zero two ERA. It I think he's going to you putting your team in a position to win. I mean, I don't think you can. I don't think they're completely worthless, but I do think that they aren't worth what people have been giving them yes, for years. Yes. So I mean, if you're if you're going into the season with with uh, Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, Jay Happ, Jordan Montgomery, and then some other some other dude. You know, <clears throat> you're, with that lineup, you're going to just sort of – the, the, the first part of the Yankee schedule is incredibly easy. They get Paxson back. They get Herman back. I, I, I don't think that there's anybody that really challenges the Yankees until they get to the Dodgers. Now, anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything, right? They could, sure. they could lose in five games to – The Nationals were one misplay in the outfield away, away from, from getting bounced. Yeah. So you never you never know. I just think that um, there's two juggernauts in baseball and I think it come, it's, it's the Yankees and the Dodgers. So I uh, agree. Uh, give me something non-Yankees that you're looking forward to for the season. You got anything? Any little storylines outside of the hour we spent talking about the, the, you know, the uh, scandal? You got anything else that you're... I'm excited to watch the White Sox. I'm excited to watch the Cincinnati Reds. And the Reds are very intriguing. Um, very intriguing. I'm excited to watch the, uh, the the Padres progress. They're not there yet. They're another year away. Uh, but I'm excited for their young players. I'm excited to see Mackenzie Gore. I can't wait to see that dude pitch in the big leagues. But I, I think the Reds are the Reds are legit. And I think the White Sox they may not um, be up to the Twins level yet. They're going to be challenging the Indians. I think the Indians are falling back a little bit. But um, I'm I'm excited to, so to talk. It doesn't with, help the Indians that there's they there was real talk that they were going to trade Lindor. Like that doesn't do that does nothing for your locker room. They should have traded him at that point because you did get to maximize what you you know your return and get the, get what you can because now you're going to have a yeah, you know, exactly a, a fractured uh a fractured clubhouse, you know, he's not going to be happy about it. Although, well, you know, he's, he's, he's even, a big boy. Like, you're making $25 million a year. Just play the game. Okay? He, Just he, shut up and play. I don't know that you're necessarily going to have, like, a fractured clubhouse. I think the clubhouse is going to be fine. But, like, their level of accountability and what they give a crap about is going to, is diminished because it clearly looks like you're just dumping salary at that point. Who, who trades Lindor? Okay, but, but it, t- take a look at it like this. Maybe, maybe you're rebuilding on the fly. Right, so while you're going to be a 92 win team, maybe you trade Lindor now, but you get a Gavin Lux for him, which they didn't get. But I'm saying maybe you can flip him for two, like a Dustin May or a, a Gavin Lux, and all of a sudden that return's pretty good. Everybody's yeah. criticizing the shit out of the Red Sox for trading Mookie Betts, but I actually thought it was a really good deal. Like I'm actually going to defend the Red Sox on this. Well, one. because so like, you, because they had a stated goal here, right? Like yeah. if they were no, we want to try and win right now, and yeah. Mookie Betts is the is our best player. Yeah. But they, they had a steady goal. We need to get under the threshold. We know like our team is in a situation where we're going to have a hard time. That's really didn't want to be there either. And they got the Dodgers to take on that half of that horrible David Price contract. And they got two yeah. good prospects in return. Now it's it, I'm, I'm enjoying – I'm really enjoying the Red Sox fans panicking. 
That's fun for me to see. <laughs> but um, but that Larry, I, that Larry Bird humping another yeah. soulless town. Yes, absolutely. So it's uh, I don't th- I think that they I think they got the best possible return they could have. Having said that, I think the Indians should have just I mean, yeah. It's crazy to talk about trading Lindor, but y- y- make the move, get the best return you can, and you go from there. Well, that's I just th- another one to me that's like just say what you're doing. Like, I, <laughs> another thing about baseball that makes me angry in general is. The small market, big market. There's no salary floor. Like we've you, talked about that. There, ha- there you, has to be. There you can't. Has to be you can't cry floor. poor Cleveland and then have a guy that is like a generational type talent at shortstop. Everything he does is fun. He's exciting to watch. Like his glove is awesome. He's a good hitter who keeps developing more power. And you go, this is the most exciting guy we've had since who? Jim Tomey? Like hey, Carlos Baerga was pretty dope. <laughs> Roberto Alomar. We'll say the most exciting. Oh, right, yeah, Roberto, Roberto Alomar. Alomar solid. Prime. Solid. Uh, Kenny Lofton was there for a minute, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Al- Albert Bell in his prime. I mean, that, that, that mid-90s. Albert, Albert Bell uh, in his prime, just giving Fernando Vina the Fernando forearm Vina. shiver. <laughs> I could watch that all day. <laughs> you know, uh, after, remember after, was <laughs> total nostalgia. Remember after Albert Bell got popped for uh, the corked bat? His and the, and first the game. Teammates, the teammates, they snuck through the, uh, the rafters, snuck into, I think it was Jason Grimsley. Got in, climbed into the rafters, yeah. and then dumped himself into the umpire's room, stole the bat, replaced it with another one, and climbed back through the rafters. Yeah, but remember, like, after, like, they yeah, finally shut it, they finally shut it down, and he, like, served his eight-game suspension or whatever it was, and he came back in the first pitch he saw, he put in the cheap seats, and just the whole way around the bases just pointed <laughs> at the bicep. That was a bad man. Albert bad, Bell bad was man. awesome. He's great. Almost signed with the Yankees. Thank God he didn't. So, yeah, that would have been well, a bad contract, so just, for sure. So, uh, anyway, so my point is, like, like, you, you, if if you're Cleveland, like, what is your goal here? Because the division, like, what are you? What landscape are you looking at? The Twins are good, right? The Twins are good. Twins they're are not good. great. They're not great. They're, they're good. good. They're good. They won 100 to win. games, but they're in their worst division maybe in the history of baseball. So that's why they won 100 games last year. Sure, I I, I buy that argument, right? Because yeah. you're you know you're Chicago, Cleveland, and who am I missing? Uh, Chicago, Cleveland, the Royals, Kansas City, right? And, and the Indians took a step back, so right. So like, you need the, to play but those, those shit bags. But if you're you know, Cleveland with because Lindor missed time last year, times. if you're fully healthy, like, if you're fully healthy, is that a division you can't win? So if and also if you're Cleveland, like, what else are you looking at? Like, like we're either a contender or we're not. It's not the NBA. Like anything can happen in those games, right? Like it's a five game series, a seven game series. Anything can happen in that series, and it's not a division you can't win. So I, it doesn't make any sense to me to immediately turn around. Now, if you're in a rebuild, that's something else entirely. But I don't. To me, if they're not going to come out and say that, so I think it's, it, there's there's a couple things going on. They see that the Twins are good, not great, good. The the White Sox are about to be good, and they're about to be really good next year. If not this year, okay. But so isn't this your window to do it now? It is, it is. But at the same time, it's it's highly unlikely that Lindor is going to re-sign there when he is a free agent. So you're looking at it going, well, if he's not coming back, because they're not going to shell out the $400 million that he wants, and rightfully so. Um, so doesn't that, from a baseball perspective, I understand that over time you lose a little bit of leverage, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, who's a good example of, you know, of, like, a contender that would make a move for Lindor – you know, the Dodgers have the organizational depth to, like, make a move for somebody like that, right? Yeah. So let's just use that as an example. Are, if you're Cleveland, are you really losing so much leverage by trading him at the deadline? Because what if you come out What if you come out and you're on a 90-win pace? Like, with Lindor. Like, it's, like, I said, like we said, it's not a great division. Not yet, anyway. And I think so, it's, it's, 
So is, you just you you. You, I think you've got to give it a shot. But you, the point you're making about making sure you get something for him, though, is absolutely right. Yeah, you know, and, and the, the point that you're making is correct as well. It's like, you know, give it a shot. If you trade him at the trade deadline, the team still gets him for the for – the team that trades for him still has him for a playoff run, and they have him the entire next year. I, I get that. I think that some teams might be a little more eager in the offseason to go to their fan base and their ticket holders, season ticket holders, and go, hey, look, we got Lindor for two years, yeah. which is pretty valuable as well. Yeah. Um, but I get what you're saying, but – to sort of touch on something that we've talked about, you know, last year on the podcast, and we, you and I have talked about a lot. Where I keep teasing you that baseball's dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that conversation that I can't all stop. 11, all like, $11.5 billion like, they made last year, yeah, they're dying. All, all, they're just, they're just flying Which I don't really like believe. Flies. I just like watching your ears, Steve. It's great. Um, the, the teams that we talked about last offseason that were tanking and rebuilding, you're starting to see the like that come back around where – their vision is sort of coming to fruition. Like I said, the Padres, the White Sox, you know, the, the Reds. Um, you got the National League East where everybody but the Marlins because the Marlins, you got basically the Marlins, the Tigers, the Royals, and the Orioles that are in the deep, deep rebuilds. Yeah. That, uh, you know, including the Giants. But the Giants, in, in, in the, the, the book about Cashman and the Yankees uh, inside the Empire, they, they categorize – you have your super rich teams, the Giants, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and then you have your just insanely rich team, the Yankees. But the Giants are in that super rich like squad. So they're, they're not going through the same thing as the Tigers or the Marlins. Are. But those teams are rebuilding. But every other team in baseball, it's pretty. It's going to be an exciting season. Like There's going to be division match. Like the, the Diamondbacks, nobody's going to challenge the Dodgers, but the Diamondbacks are good. You never know what you're going to get from the Rockies. A lot of talk about Starling Marte having some kind of breakout season because he's going down to Arizona. Is he still on steroids, or is this going to do it without? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, that's, that could that could be a thing. I mean, for sure. I mean, that bum, that Bumgarner contract is going to be rough at the end. At the, the guy's uh, lost like a foot and a half every season on the fastball. It's like, yeah, and he's going to a place where the ball doesn't move. Are as we much. talking about Madison Bumgarner or Mason Saunders? <laughs> I just want to clarify which one we're That's, talking that about. That is like the most Madison Bumgarner story I, ever. I don't. I do not like that guy, and I thought that was so baller. I was like, "That is awesome." Like, I have this. Weird, I had this weird relationship. Still have this weird relationship with Madison Bumgarner. Like that dude turned in one of the greatest postseason pitching performances in the history of baseball, and we it, made it in itself is the best. It, it we will never see that again because the game just isn't managed the same way. You know what Ever. I mean? They rode so, him, and, and he delivered. Dude, it's, it's insane. In, in, at, at Kin, our first restaurant, so this is the 2014 World Series against Kansas City we're talking about. When he came in, when they opened the gate from the bullpen, and he comes walking in, and they show like the shot from behind him, and he's just strutting in like John Wayne, yeah. the bar went bananas. <laughs> bananas. It was like, oh, my Didn't God. did he come in like a fifth? Yeah, I think it was the fifth or the sixth inning. Yeah, 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 yeah. something like that. And like, he gave up a couple of quick hits, and then his arm got loose. And then that was it, it was man. It. it was it. And his dad said one of the greatest things I've ever heard in an interview. They go, you know, has he always been this gutsy? He goes, I don't know. Or, you know, is he always, did you know he was destined for greatness? He's like, greatness, I don't know. But I do know that that boy would steal a steak off the devil's plate. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which I think is so perfect. Oh, but anyway, awesome. like, that's that contract's awesome. going to be bad at the end of it. It'll be rough. I, uh, but but they'll, get a couple, uh, they'll get a couple good years out of him. I um, think so, too. I think so, too. So, like, there are a lot of teams that are in it, right? I mean, who are the teams that you know? Miami, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, maybe Cleveland if they're clearly trying to set off these dudes, right? The Giants, Colorado, uh, uh, Orioles, Seattle probably. Orioles, Seattle, they can't get out of their own way. Again, the Rangers, the Rangers are on the come up. They're, you know, they're, they're, stuck. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're right around the corner. They got a new ballpark. 
I think that it's going to be a really, really fun season. I do love that. I do love that over half the league is in it, so to speak. Again, right? yes. I do love that. That's yes. that's awesome for baseball. Yeah. But you can't. The Blue Jays are another one that you know they were rebuilding. Now they're back. Um, so you just you can't continue to operate in this way and allow you know the A's of the world, the Rays of the world, you know Pittsburgh. Miami, even Cleveland to some degree, Kansas City, like just collect revenue sharing checks and not do anything with it. The whole point of having the revenue sharing is to make sure that everyone is competitive. And I understand there's like an organizational like dysfunction and like an ineptitude that exists there. And Major League Baseball can't do anything to manage that. Yeah. For the most part, right? I mean, I guess you could look to David Stern and the David Stern and the Charlotte Hornets or the New Orleans Hornets and blocking the Chris Paul trade and all that kind of stuff, but which, so sorry, Laker fans. I was just going to say, you're really just trying to piss off LA fans today. <laughs> um, so, like, I understand that there's only so much of their ineptitude that you can manage. But still, like, if you give a salary floor, give a salary floor, then at least, like, they make the effort. And I give baseball a lot of credit for whether it's the team's doing it, the player's doing it, or just everybody making a concerted effort. I give them a lot of credit for realizing that last offseason was awful. And the optimism for the season coming up wasn't very high for most of the casual observers. Because yeah. you're like, well, nothing happened. right? Bryce Harper signed, what, two weeks in his spring training? Well, we had this conversation. It's like deja vu all over again. We had this con- like exact conversation. What's your name the mics on? No, we had, but on the podcast last year when we were talking about uh, uh, the, the players and if you thought... It, oh, we were in Ben's clue, garage. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Yeah, last offseason, all those moves happened within a week, right? We, we yeah. had planned the podcast, and then like five like five days later, all those signings happened. Then we had the podcast. I was like, well, shit, everything just kind of happened at once. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's right. So I this, remember that. kind of silly. But, but this offseason, like, I've never – I don't remember ever there being an offseason like this where every single day – like, there was a move every single day. It was like something to be excited about. And that just speaks to the – the teams that we talked about last year, where I said, well, they're rebuilding. They're going to be back in it. This year, those teams are back in it. The White Sox are spending money. The Reds are spending money. You know, the Rangers are spending money. The The Twins spent money that they probably didn't have on Donaldson. The Blue Jays signed Ryu, which is not going to work out in the American League. I'm but. kind of excited to see what the Braves are capable of doing this upcoming year, too. They've made some interesting moves. I'm not saying that they're like a power player, but I think they could do some things. I think I, they, I also, they're I, really good. Going back to what you just said there in terms of like moves every day, the offseason has mirrored the regular season in a lot of ways this year where, like, the, 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 the bandwidth of information that we can get now is so wide. Right. And, you know, we were talking earlier about the Dodgers and their ability to, to manipulate the 10-day IL. <laughs> and that's what's happening. We've heard there have been a lot of moves, and there, there haven't been a ton of big-name players that were out there. So it's a lot of, like, mid-range players, and teams are doing things to get better. And because of the way teams manage the regular season. Now, all of a sudden, what what appeared to be like an inconsequential move now might really be something. So now, I think in a lot of ways, like as fans get more savvy with the state of baseball, whether you it mirrors the one we grew up with or not, the state of baseball and the way that they're playing the game is what it is. And as everybody gets more comfortable with it, because the change has been rapid. It, yes, it's, it, yes. You got outfielders out there with with positional cards, batter to batter. Yeah. That's hap- That happened in two seasons. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So the rate of change in the game has, has happened rapidly. And so now as everybody gets more sort of comfortable and savvy about it, now all of a sudden we do care about 
some guy that's going to make the 40-man roster that'll probably have 25 or 30 appearances on the season and might make the difference for a team that's on the cusp of maybe challenging the division. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, that stuff matters as opposed to just the big-name players as it was for so long where, like, the winter meetings, you're like, there's 12 guys out there that are big-time free agents. Let's see if my team's going to sign them. And then everything else was just negligible. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you like, and I, keep, I must have said the Reds' name probably six times by now, but like the, the, the moves that they made, they signed Moustakis to play second, then they signed Nick Castellanos. Um, those are two great moves. Because you got them for, it feels like big money, but in this day and age, they weren't, million. they weren't horrible contracts. $64 million for each. I mean, and, and we're talking, you know, yeah, they're not Garrett Cole, they're not Anthony Rendon, but those are two players I, I wouldn't mind having on the Yankees. You got two players for really twenty-eight million dollars. That's that's a pretty good. Hey, you got two players for average average salary. That is basically it's it's less than what they got Garrett Cole for. Sixty-eight home runs coming to your squad. Yeah, in a band in a band band box ballpark. Seventy-eight home runs coming to your squad. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) dude. Like exactly, like just by virtue of being in Cincinnati, you're going to see a factor of whatever. Yeah, so I mean, um, who do you have as far as the big winners? Not only in the offseason, but who do you see, you know, going to the World Series? Who do you see going to the playoffs? I just don't – like, baseball is such a long grind. And, like, the, if you're going to continue to build organizational depth, I know the magic exists, right? I mean, the Giants, despite what Dodger fans say, the Giants won two titles, one of which because the Padres gagged, one of which because the Dodgers gagged. And then the Giants got in with a, with a wild card in 2014. And the magic is totally a thing in baseball, right? It's crazy. More than any other sport, really, right? Like, it's like that thing exists. But if if you, I can't make predictions now on something like that. Like, ask me in like late August of like who the team out of the dark that's going to come in and and wreak havoc in the playoffs. But right now, how do you how do you bet against the Dodgers and the Yankees right now? I don't. Which think is you like do. Major League Baseball's wet dream, by the way. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they haven't had it since '81. So yeah, they, they, yeah. They, that would be. Coast, the coast to coast, like it would, the, the ratings would be unbelievable. Yeah, and so it's like, so it's like, I don't know how you can necessarily bet against those guys, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against the A's. This is the first year where they haven't had like dramatic turnover and let big names go, and they've got young pitching coming up that, you know, is highly touted. Yep. And Melvin's a good manager, and the division's not great. Right, I mean, he, there's Houston, but Seattle's not good. Texas is on the come, I guess. But they're who, not there. They're who is not there. Anaheim? And well, yeah, Anaheim. Uh, the Mike Trout's of Anaheim. Yeah, like, they got uh, they got Rendon, which would be awesome if he l- could learn how to pitch because they signed. I think uh, who they get? Who did they get? Uh, I guess it really doesn't matter who they got because they got two shit bags to be when, in the show. Oh, they, they got um, uh, Julio Tehran and uh, and Dylan Bundy. That was their big uh, pitching. Boy, Tehran, you want to talk about a guy that like. Was spectacular and then went to slightly less than solid, like yeah. in two starts to a couple of years ago. They have Otani still too, He's right? Not pitching till May, but they do have Otani. The lineup's good. They have no pitching. They have none. That's been yeah. their problem. And against in a in a division that's got even without the cheating Astros, that's still got Altuve and Bregman and Springer and Correa and Chris Davis and yeah. you know all these dudes, you know, and Dan Vogelbach in Seattle, the guy. Freaking 38 home runs or whatever it was last year. Yeah. Most of them in the first half. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'd, I'd watch out for the A's because they've been through the wars now. Now that their their core seems to be kept together, like, you know, you trust them to sort of, like, not have to figure things out as a team. Like, they're, 
so much of that core is back. Like they know what yeah. it takes now. You know what I mean? They're not overly young. They didn't. They haven't let a bunch of their big time names go. It's. It was a very sort of off brand off season for them. Where like it wasn't every other day going. Oh, they traded that guy. Oh, he left. They didn't sign that guy. Yeah, it didn't happen. They generally are running it back with just better pit. Well, projected better pitching. Yeah. Right. So. Well, that would be the only other team that I would say like you'd really have to look out for in the American League anyway. The, the, the Rays could be a factor. Um, it's just tough I, they play in the same division as the Yankees. Yeah, and I agree. And I, I, was, I was listening to MLB uh, Network, and they were talking about how with the injury to Lou Severino and James Paxton, you better – you know, this could be the window for the Rays to, to take over the Yankees in the American League East. And I, I, I did what you just did. I rolled my eyes, and I went, do they remember that Charlie Morton is 50? Blake Snell's hurt right now. And Tyler Glass now pitched in 12 games last year. Like, dude, yeah, but like, Ryan Yarbrough was, was very good last year. Absolutely. Well, uh, I mean, he had a lot of wins. His sta- I don't yeah, know his, if his, his, his ERA and his WHIP were solid. Yeah, it was no, weird he's a solid because pitcher, but it was not, like solid to to good. I mean, he they're, they're, his thing was like, oh my god, <laughs> his thing was like he would pitch in games where he wasn't the starter. They had the opener, yeah. right? And he had a one or a no hit game going. And he threw like 98 pitches in the game, and because they had a 100 pitch limit in Tampa, that's like that's just a thing they have. Yeah. They pulled him with one or two outs in the ninth and 98 pitches, with for a chance for a no hitter, and that cost me playoff seating. That's all I'm saying. In fantasy <laughs> baseball, it cost me playoff seating because we lost that week because I didn't get the additional points for the the shutout, the no no, and the complete game and the win. Well, I mean, he got the win, but yeah. Oh, well, God. I had to drop Otani in my league. Uh, because I needed the roster spot in the championship, and it's a keeper league, so I dropped him. Oh, in the championship, huh? Humble brag. Yeah, well, yeah, a little humble brag. Uh, I ended up winning, but this is what I'm having to convince myself is when I look back and I go, and I had to drop Otani, and I and now I don't have him and I can't keep him. I have to remind myself that it was worth it. How does that work in fantasy baseball? Where you is he a pitcher? Is he a hitter? You have to make the decision. He didn't. He didn't oh, so that's actually a good question. The way that they were doing it last year, he, he wasn't pitching anyway, so he was only a hitter. But uh, on ESPN that we use, and I. Hate to give them a plug ever, but they you can only use them as one per unless, day. Unless you want to pick up the podcast, in which case. <laughs> yeah, yeah ESPN's awesome. Um, you, you have to use him as one or the other. So if he ever became a closer, then his pitching is worthless. So I think they're going to have to adjust that. You know what I mean? Because you'd have to pick if right. he's a hitter that day or is he a closer that day. So well, and yeah, you're going you're gonna to look at – yeah, you're, you're going to look at – well, and ESPN, it's a daily league that you're in. So, like, if you're a weekly league, you got to look at – well, he gets two starts. Right? No, if he's a starting pitcher, that's great because if you're daily league, then, then you could, yeah, you could use him as a pitcher and then the hitter the yeah. next day. I hear, no, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I think that they need to change that where he's eligible at both. All right, let's 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 tie this up. We sort of talked about Rob Manfred and his his performance and in, in this scandal and how he's handled and all these other things. One of the things that I, I've never really understood Manfred is that you know, if your point about an eleven and a half billion dollar business is thriving, which it is. It's true. Why is he constantly trying to make dramatic changes, right? Like robot umpires, that kind of stuff. That's not a baseball-specific thing. There's they're trying to get eye in the sky, digital officiating, and all kinds of sports. That's not a baseball thing. But then there's like, tell talk to me about the new playoff format that he's proposed. What do you think about that? Uh, it's the silliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because why? Well, I, I, okay, so we're gonna have 14 out of 30 teams making the playoffs. It's just it's overkill. So the NBA and NHL and well, football's twelve. 
Yeah. You know, baseball's 10. I kind of like it's, it. It's going to be more. Like, if the CBA and the NFL passes, it's going to be more. I think it's very gimmicky to let teams choose their opponent. That's the thing that I have a real problem with. Yeah. It'd be compelling television. It would. But it's totally gimmicky. Yeah. Right? It's almost, you know, it's like uh, it's Selection Sunday. You know what I mean? It would be, like you said, it'd be great television. The Yankees select the Minnesota Twins, and then Yankee fans for that entire series are just fucking biting their nails going, please don't lose this series. Please don't lose this series. Like, you're going to lose oh a total God. asshole cashman. That's a great point. The, the, the pressure of... You have to win that series. You ha- Like, if you don't, then you're a laughingstock. It's a joke. Like you Who's, you who's the guy? Like, who's in charge of making... Like, do you have, like, a, a committee in the, like a in the clubhouse? <laughs> like, a panel? Like, th- like three hitters, three pitchers, the whole coaching staff, the front office, and totally. one... And, like, the own, like the, the president of operations. Yeah. Like, all get in a room and just fight it out. Yeah. Like, Garrett Cole's like, listen, the Rangers, I've dominated them. we got to pick those guys. we got to pick those guys. Yeah. yeah. Then you got Tanaka going, like, no, the those dudes show me. I can't. We can't have. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then you got a bunch of hitters that are like, dude, all three of their pitches. I'm in like a buck ninety. Like we can't do it. Just turns into this. Like yeah. this. Like Internal that's fight. the thing that they should televise. Yeah. Like that, the that the discussion good. about that. It would turn a little bit into C-SPAN probably. Yeah. Where like nobody would care. But I promise you, there would be some compelling moments. Like just turn that into like turn that into hard the hard knocks of Major League Baseball. It would be awesome, but it, uh, it's it's and this isn't even coming from a purist because I, I'm I'm not a purist. I I think that you know there needs to be drastic changes in baseball. You know, I think I like the way they're going with a lot of them, but it, it's just gimmicky. It's just silly. It doesn't, you know. It's I'm very, okay. I'm okay with them expanding the playoff structure. This though. is my my thing about the playoffs. I don't. If you want to go to seven teams, that's fine. And the two wild cards. I've been saying this since day one when they brought in the second wild card. Was that that series should be a three game series, and whoever has the best record, they have home field advantage, and all three games are played at their stadium. Because that wild card one game, it's just not a baseball thing. Baseball, like, anybody can win on any given day, right? Just like any given Sunday, right? But this is baseball. Like, that's why nobody bets on baseball. Just one single game. Because anything can happen. So, so I heard an interesting idea. I, I'm trying to remember where I heard it. But that wild that, that wild card series that you're talking about is um, the series is over when the home team wins. Three-game series. Series over when the home team wins or whoever wins game three. Whichever one comes. Whichever one comes. Well, no. So, like, the, so, like. You know, like in a situation where, you know, like the road team wins two games. So, you, you know, like if it was the, you know, if it's like Yankees-Rays, right? Yeah. Just use that as an example. Yankees obviously would open that series at home. Mm-hmm. They win game one, series is over. That's not bad. I mean, if that's they like lose the, game one, they play game two. That's if like, they lose game two, they lose game two, series is over, right? Okay, so the, if the Yankees win game one, series is over. If the Rays win game one and then win game two, then the series is over. Yeah. That's not bad. Pretty interesting, right? It's because you, it puts a bunch of pressure on, you know. But if they, you know, it's it's like, I guess in that scenario, like you have to, if you're the lower seed, you have to win two to even get it. You wouldn't even be able to get it home. It's just a two game series two, on the road, basically. Yeah, just, well, sh- I mean, like I said, I think it should just be a three game series. Best record has home field for those three games. I, I, also I think- just, I just don't feel like you can extend baseball into Thanksgiving because that's what's going to happen. I got it. You know, here's a, here's another argument too. I also think that I really think that the divisional series they needed to change to seven games because I hate a five game series in baseball. Why? Because are we, the are, best, we about, are we about to add thirty minutes onto the? No, no, no. I'll, I'll make it quick. I think that um, I think that the best team typically always wins in a seven game series, and a lot of surprises can happen. Do you lose game one in a five game set? Like you were so behind the eight ball, especially if you're the home team and you lose game one at home. You had home field advantage. I just, I think that. But doesn't that doesn't that make it the like 
Doesn't it make it more compelling? Rather, we love the NC2A tournament because it's one and out, right? Yeah, so, I don't know, I guess, but the, yeah. But that's you just what, have that's a team home. that's about to win 110 games, and so you want to make sure that they know, get every always, opportunity I've to always, grind I've, it out. I've always thought that you know uh, that uh, uh, you shouldn't give any advantage to a wild card team. There should be no advantage if they're a wild card team. But what is the advantage in that scenario? They don't have home field advantage, right? Because typically the wild card is not a superior team. They play a seven-game set most of the time. Not all. Most of the time, the better team wins in a seven-game series. I just think it's short. I think this is my proposal. If I was commissioner for a day, I would shorten the season back to 154 games. And you can say, oh, the teams would lose so much revenue. No, well, not, not really. If you, not if you're adding more if you're playoff, adding more playoff games, yeah. then you, you made that revenue back up like that. Yeah, I, I'm on board with them shrinking the season. I, I would shrink the season by more than I, I would – not by I would shrink it by two weeks. I would shrink it legitimately by two weeks because here's the thing: like Major League Baseball, part of the reason why they have an issue is that their World Series runs into NBA games, NBA well, games, Brad, and and NFL games. And so I think if you like shorten if you, the, the way the way the, the schedule works now, if you short it by eight games, that is two weeks nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Teams get two two days. A lot of teams, you know, you get one day off every week. Sometimes you get two. They've expanded the season from used to start on April right, third, but, but now mean, it starts on March twenty sixth, then it ends on October third. So they've just added extra off days. So if you just chop those, if you chop eight games off, that's ten days out of the season, or that's ten to eleven days off the season. What is it? Season yeah, season season ends on. You'd September have to look at. You'd 20th. have to look at. I think. And without doing any of the math, you'd have to look at how that affects the, the scheduling balance against division teams. Does everybody go to every stadium? You know, because like when you with with interleague, which I love, you two, know, two two, two games uh, from each divisional opponent. Every division has five teams. So you play, play seventeen times instead of nineteen. Exactly. Times. That's it. That's fair. It's, I think it's great. Yeah. You know, because again, like baseball has lamented the lack of you know, ratings in the World Series for the last few years because it's become a regionally dominant sport. Whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing can be argued, but your point about how much I money... I don't, the, I don't how, think it's a great thing. About how much money the league is making, who cares? So, but like, so the World Series shows up and like, everybody watches 145 games of Cleveland Indian baseball, but come October, they're, they're not going to watch Houston and Washington. Like, you know, mo- the average fan isn't. Yeah, so, it's like... So, it, I mean, well, it's like it's like any league, though, other than the, the, the NFL. I mean, the, the the ratings for the NBA Finals are typically pretty atrocious. I promise you that this year that will not be the case. Whether the Lakers or Clippers make it or not, it's because it'll be all new teams. You will not. I promise you that will be different. You had a Warrior team that went five straight years. Yeah. Teams get exhausted. Look at the difference in the Super Bowl from like it, like this year to last year when sure. it was the freaking Patriots again. Right. Right. So, no, that's a good call. so there's an exhaustion factor that you have to take into account. And so Major League Baseball, like, don't let that be a thing. Like, don't bump up into try, or try not to bump up into too many NBA games. Try yeah. not to bump in, up, uh, up into too many NFL games. Right. And then you want to see your ratings go up. Yeah. In my mind, like, back it up by two weeks. And maybe it is eight games, like you said. Maybe that does work out. Back it up by two weeks, and now you're really only playing, like your World Series is done, like even with all the extra, with the extra series or whatever. If it's a three-game series and you a five-game yeah, series, yeah, you haven't really even gotten to the first game of the NBA season at that point because you're you're basically at the. It start, the NBA season starting the third week of October now. Okay, so it's but a week then, earlier like than normal. But if you're chopping, if you're chopping ten days, eleven days off the schedule, then your your World Series instead of ending on. Halloween is now ending on October 20th, your, which your is high, basically the night before the NBA starts. Yeah, your highest stakes games are being played at a, against, uh, you know, it's like early season enthusiasm, but, you know, like, you know, 
<laughs> if it's a Dodger, if it's a Dodger Yankee World Series, like what the, Yan- the Yankee fans are gonna. I mean, if it's gonna, if we're talking about doing this for the next season, you know, maybe there's some, you know, maybe there's some excitement for Durant, Kyrie Irving disaster implosion season that's coming next yes. year. Um, maybe there's some excitement that works against it, but it's a baseball town. New York is a basketball town with the Knicks. Yeah, dude, but, but they, maybe but I'm Knicks excited to watch R.J. Barrett score 14 points and get four rebounds, dude. That could right, be but then also <laughs> this is a high-stakes World Series game, yeah. and so you'd rather yeah. watch that. But, like, you know, if you're Milwaukee, like, what are the Brewers? Are they? But, you, but just what I'm saying is you figure out, if you drop eight games or, you know, I'm just saying drop eight games, stretch season or whatever, you always make sure that, hey, you, you give uh, Adam Silver a call and you say, hey, dude, when is the NBA season starting? Oh, October 21st? Cool. Then our schedule makers are going to end the World Series. Game 7 is going to be yeah. October 20th. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know why that kind of decision-making doesn't happen more often. Because baseball is, like, the thing I love about baseball, and we're getting on it now, but the thing I love about baseball is that it's not appointment viewing in the way that football is. And it's not appointment viewing in the way that the NBA season is. It's two or three games a week, right? So you go, okay, the game's in two days. I'm going to make sure that I'm not working or I'm done with everything so I can catch the game. Major League Baseball is like woven into your daily life. It's on the radio. It's on TV in the background. I can tell you what was going on in my family as a kid based or what was going on in any kind of giant season based on what party we were at for a family gathering because it was on the radio or the TV or whatever. And that's the best part about it. And so, like, it's not a point of view, but the season becomes such a grind that if your team's not in it, you're exhausted and yeah. you've got these other options. Well, if the Major League Baseball created a scenario where you took away the other options for the most part, right, and, like, don't play World Series games on Thursdays and Sundays. On Thursdays and Sundays. <laughs> Luckily, you have Joe Tessitore and Burger McFarlane who are awful. Yes. So that helps. That works to the end. Major League Baseball's advantage. You know, back in the back in the day, um, the NFL and NBA or MLB kind of used to work together, where the NFL wouldn't have a Sunday night game when the World Series was going on, and that's long since been. Gone. Well, right, because remember Sunday night for a while was like on TNT. There was like ten games a year, and it was like on TNT. Remember yeah. all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. I think once Major League Baseball went on strike in '94, and went on strike at the beginning of August when NFL training camps were getting rolling yep. if you watch the meteoric rise of the nfl in terms of its popularity it starts there yeah it really does that's start fair. there and so fair. the nfl was like you guys did this to yourselves in some ways right that's in terms of national ratings yeah, yeah, yeah specifically yeah. but i've i've this has long been my my counter argument to you about you say that there's going to be a work stoppage in baseball where i'm like there won't i promise you there will not be a work stoppage in baseball because they know for a fact they cannot afford it. Those dudes will get to the table. They'll figure something out. They, ha- I, they I, have to make it work. Here's the thing, though. Like, here's what I will say, and I, we, we do have to wrap, but yeah. here's the thing. Like, are you saying that in the context of we still remember 94? Or do you say that in the context of, like, because here's the thing. The NFL had a work stoppage and then continued to make their money immediately after. But they didn't miss any games. That's a good point. That's a good point. So. That's a good point. So, you know, I just, I think, like, Major League Baseball, for the most part, like, the owners, most of the owners probably remember, but the players don't give a crap about 94 anymore. Like, most of those guys, like, at this point, like, if you're 22, right, in, oh, God, you're not even born in 94. <laughs> oh, no. We're there, dude. No. We're there. Oh, God, you're not even born. I was so you 15. don't give a shit about that. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I just think. I think you get your union reps in your year going, dude, like in, in all the, the data, Tony in, all, Clarks, all the, all the data sure. in front of you going like, this is all the shit that you 
that we missed out on in baseball because of the. You might be right, and I think the players, I mean, they just want to play baseball anyway, right? So I think yeah. there's an element of that that exists, but I promise you this, they have all the leverage now. They have all the leverage. You think after the commissioner said that the thing that they are all playing for is just a piece of metal, you think they show up at a conf- uh, negotiating table and give him any credence out the gate? Yeah. No, it's going to take, it's gonna take, you know, fair. the Steinbrenner ownership group or, you know, the Red Sox or, you know, the Guggenheim group or even the Giants and, the, mm-hmm. and the, that ownership group to step up and go, here's what we got to do. We're willing to meet you. Like, to step up and really take control of those negotiations on some level – it was just such a fuck up by Manfred, dude. It was yeah, such a fuck and, and one 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 last uh, stat for you is Major League Baseball made eleven and a half billion dollars last year. Team payroll was four hundred, or was uh, four and a half billion dollars. So, oh, as a whole, you mean? Yeah. So there's money. You know, the NBA's the salary cap is half of you know what the what the owners make. Players make half of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's it's, I think that's coming to baseball. There's going to have to be a floor. It's got to be a floor. That's the key. That's the key. And I, you know, I tease you about, I tease you about baseball dying. Yeah. It's clearly not the case financially, right? right. Um, we could argue about whether or not there's a pipeline problem coming, but that's they're just mining the international market better than almost every sport is right yeah. now, yeah. outside of soccer, maybe. So, yeah. all right, you know what? You can mine, you guys. You can mine our social media presence. You can mine on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. It's Sports Meets Beer. Meets like the protein M-E-A-T-S. Also check me out on a couple of other podcasts. We've got Outside Slants, a 49er podcast, and I'm also doing something called Stay Golden, which is a Warrior podcast. That's been exciting in a 10-win season. Um, and then also I'm doing something called Base Mode with uh, Pickles Castillo, friend of this podcast. You can check all that kind of stuff out, but uh, I think my boy here is going to be maybe working on a baseball podcast pretty soon so look forward to checking that out too um email the show sportsmeetsbeer at gmail.com we will look forward to having ben perry back live in full effect thanks for standing in be wheaties i appreciate it and uh we'll catch up soon buddy dude uh thanks for having me as always uh an absolute pleasure to be here and uh just love uh, chatting baseball with you so thank you so much for having, having dodgers, me. dodgers can eat my butthole <laughs>